Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi, guys. All right. Today, we are going to be predicting the Metacritic scores for some of the biggest games coming out this year. I don't need a crystal ball because I brought my crystal brain. <laughs> um, this is fun. We got 12 games across all the major platforms. Yeah. Um, I also went back and kind of like looked at the history of some I of these did that series same thing. Yeah. in Metacritic. Um, some of them kind of surprised me because I thought they were much higher. I know. Yeah. Metacritic is like rough. It's harsh out Whoa. there on Metacritic. Jeez. Uh, Metacritic used to be our life, but Metacritic um, used to be our no life. No more. Yeah. yeah. We used to have to. To be the Metacritic uh, whisperers and talk people off ledges yeah. when when review scores are about to go out. That was a big, uh, always a big moment um, on the marketing team. So it's kind of nice to just predict these now and not yeah. have to worry about it, honestly. But, but the fun thing is we're going to approach this like it's a challenge. This is your chance to get on the challenge <gasps> board at the end of the year. When all these games come out, we're going to go back and see who got closer. There's a lot of tracking this year um, happening. I'm trying to help you out with this challenge you, board, okay? You're, you're, are you though? You're getting goose egged again. I'm not. You're trying to like get in my head. You're not helping. Oh, I'm at not, all. I might already be there based on your performance. You are trying to hinder me in mm, my prediction. It was me holding you back it was all along. You all I along. See, I see. Words of Taylor Swift. It was you. Actually, uh, it was me. I apologize, but not for real. Um, <laughs> yes. That's what we're doing today, and we have a fun little story time as well. It's a ridiculous story It's very today. ridiculous. <laughs> we may be offending some uh, of our listeners who are in the Pacific Northwest, but things that need to be said will be said. Truths yeah. that need to be told will be told. As always, every episode, everything that you see here on the Kit and Krista channel is made possible by our wonderful Patreon subscribers. Thank you so much for continuing to support us. We just had a, a very, very fun... Oh my gosh. Uh, Meetup. We had the over best the time at our uh, One Up Club tier <laughs> and Superstars Meetup where we played some Goldeneye online. That was legit, like one of the best meetups. I, I think it's because we all, like collectively as a group, had the Goldeneye nostalgia. Right. And we just had some ridiculous matches. Yeah. Like in my group, we did like slappers, slappers only. Yeah, I'm glad I wasn't in that group. That was fun. <laughs> we were just walking around like slapping each yeah. other. Oh my gosh. Um, and you guys are doing like a first to a certain point. The, the number was way higher than it should have it been. It took you guys like 30 minutes to get to, I was like, are you guys still going on? We had played like three other games at yeah, that point. Yeah. But um, we, we all agreed that it was like, we all felt like we were back in college again. I like know, it felt it's, so it's much totally fun. Yeah. Um, that game holds up. It was janky, but uh, it holds up. We're going to be, I got the GoldenEye Mania again. We're going to be talking about that in the games we have we been will. playing. But yes, yes, Patreon, you can sign up for as little as yeah. $2 a month. Uh, join us, why don't you? Yeah, it's really fun. We have lots of cool perks for our Patreon subscribers, including the ability to ask us questions that are featured here in this here podcast. We also have um, a Patreon-only Discord that we talk about all sorts of things with you guys during the week, and it's awesome. Yeah. It's good stuff. Uh, the first thing it says on this here Google Doc is a statement oh, of fact. Sonic Week is over. 
<laughs> Are you experiencing post-Sonic Week depression? I did put on that Tails onesie over the weekend. You did? Just because I was Why? cold. Because I was cold. Oh, it was cold. Yeah. I was very cold. <laughs> uh, we're going through a cold snap. Don't I don't know. We're California, we're wusses. So when we say cold snap, it's like 30 degrees-ish. Yeah. And for that, when it's like that low, we're, we're, we're babies. Um, but anyway, Sonic Week is indeed over. What a great time we had during Sonic Week. We we did all sorts of videos that um, were a little bit different for us, including my favorite one, the movie, movie. watch along. Yeah. And it seems like our community loved the movie watch along. There's lots of requests for other movies to watch. We'll do and it. I yeah. think we should do it. That was that was really fun for us. That was do. one of those things. It was kind of like the Splatoon rap video. It's like, okay, we'll do this. But then it was then the next question was, how, how do though? how do we do this? How though? But we figured it out. <laughs> we figured it out, and it's it sounded like people enjoyed it. And there was a there was a comment that I loved that was like, I watched this movie so many times that I just was listening to you guys and I didn't even need to have the movie yeah. on the background. I knew exactly right. what you're talking about and I thought that's a good that's a good way to do it as well. I used to love listening to on DVDs like the director's commentary. Oh, you did not direct the Sonic movie, let's be clear. No, I didn't. But like it's a fun <laughs> way. Like once you've seen it once and you kind of know everything, like yeah. it's a fun way to experience it again that's with somebody true. else's perspective. That's very true. And um yeah, and we we just had so much fun like learning. I mean, I certainly had a lot of fun learning about Sonic. I don't know. You um, have, do you feel like you've been rehabilitated, or how do you, how do you feel now that you're sort of in the post Sonic Week well, timeline? We did have a breakthrough with Katie, understanding that my dislike of of Sonic was really a dislike of '90s Sega marketing. Mm. That was big. Yeah, I'll never. I mean, I'm never going to be the number one. Sonic fan, but yeah. I can at least understand the appeal. Yeah. And now that I'm separated from that hatred, I, I do feel like I have a bit of closure. That's kind of nice. So, which is great. Yeah, yeah, that's actually really nice. I am a self-proclaimed Sonic Music stan now. Uh, I'm a big Sonic Music fan now, for sure. Like, that was a huge surprise for me. I I love music and video games, all, you know, always, yeah. but I just haven't really played these games, so I didn't right. know. And that was my biggest, like cool revelation during Sonic Week was like, dang, these are all bangers. Like they, the music is so top notch and I was so glad that I was able to like finally experience that. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, it was really fun, but we, we had to think about like what the next week long thing is. I saw, so, I saw one suggestion um, to do a Zelda week before Tears like of the that. Kingdom. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. I mean, we, we obviously like Zelda and we right. have played a lot of Zelda games, but there is a There's lot of There's a lot of Zelda games that I miss too. Kind of on the periphery mm -hmm. of like handheld games or smaller yeah. games. Like for example, people may be shocked to know that I've never played the Minish Cap. Oh, have you, you ever played that? I have played that yeah. one. So that's just a blind spot for me. That yeah. could be something cool to there explore. There are a few that I haven't played, like the CDI right. ones. I've never played that. Oracle, well. <laughs> the Oracle of the Seasons ones. Oh, I've never sure, played those sure. really fully. Like I may have played like 20 minutes of it, but I've not yeah. played. So, so no announcements just yet, but that I thought that was a fun yeah. idea. Because it's not limited to things that we hate, obviously. Let's it's, hope not. Yeah. It's like we should go. It's fun to go deep on um, a particular, like one yeah, thing. Yeah. That, that's what I took away from Sonic Week was like, right. it's really fun to just like get exactly. really immersed in mm -hmm. one thing for a whole week. That was yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, but yes, maybe we can maybe we can do that for yeah. the upcoming uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Right. Yeah. Uh, the next thing on this is a typo. It says Yakuza Ishin. Oh It's no. like a dragon Like Ishin. a dragon 
Ishin. Yes. The vlog is, is out. Live. Is out. It's got a real eye-catching thumbnail of you looking at a butt. <gasps> Um, Bodhi contender, first Bodhi contender of 2023 is, yes. is in the, is, it has been revealed. But we have played this game. Uh, there's a video out with our impressions. You should check yes. it out. We'll talk about our impressions later here too. We will, yeah. Um, but this is kind of in a vlog format, which is fun. I, I don't so imagine fun. too many people who went to that event did that. that so this was at this... Um, Microsoft was partnering with Sega for this, and, yeah. they, and they have a space in San Francisco for those types of events, right. which really you, cool you'd space. been to before. Yeah. I had uh -huh. not. Yeah, I was. I really liked going there. It was super impressive. The inside of that space um, is is really cool, and we we showed in the video. Um, I'm very lucky to live like very close to that, yeah. so I was able to walk there, and yeah, we kind of just show you what it's like, like going to and being invited to one of these preview events as a creator, like what that looks like and what we did, and so we hope that you like sort of the, you know, the true like hands-on impressions that typically people do at these preview events, mixed with sort of our favorite thing, which is doing a vlog. So yeah, yeah. I thought it was really fun. They have uh, Master Chief graffiti art. They do. Outside. They do. Which That's was how you very know cool. it's a Microsoft space. They had a neat kind of history of Xbox display where that like was all very these, cool. you know, Xboxes were behind yeah. glass and Beautiful you could see. Beautiful space. They have like neon lights yeah. and yeah, the setup they, for the game was really cool. They did have a moderately cringy neon sign that's like, it's on brand I, for them, I don't though. need to get a life. I'm a gamer. I have I'm, lots of lives. Lots of life. Like, mm -hmm. Well, that, it's a that, that could be like a it's Walmart t-shirt slogan. Cringe. Yeah, it's okay. We're here for it. We're here for it. It's okay. But otherwise, I, yeah, that yeah, was a really, really cool. cool, good, good place to have an event like that. Very cool. Yeah, and the, and the game is awesome, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, we yeah. were also la we had such a busy week last week. The last, last, two, the last weeks two weeks were have been were a hard. little bit rough for yes. us. Uh, this week is better though. Uh, we were on the Nintendo Prime podcast. That was so much if fun. If you would like to check yeah. that out, um, chatting it up with them about all sorts of different things. Yeah, yeah. Like lots of big sort of big meaty topics like right. what Nintendo needs to get right for the next. Um, you know, console. You know what people are thinking about Tears of the Kingdom. I was glad to be among. People that I think we all had a lot of some like a lot of um, similarities with yeah. and a lot of uh, things in common when we were talking about all of these big topics and it's like you just like people who agree with you. I just like people who agree. That's just with what me. you like. No, that's not true. Yes, yes, people. Fight me. Yes, men and women. Fight me. <laughs> wow. Come at me! I dare you. Just kidding. Um, but no, it was really fun to hang out and, and chat it up with those guys. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting how certain things really endure with people and stick with people. So we had a topic which was like, what what does Nintendo need to put in the next system to make it a success? Yeah. And somebody right away blurted out themes and folders. Themes and folders, <laughs> which, yeah. Oh, it's, I'd, I'd put that more in the nice to have category. Sure. But like, the, people still talk so much about themes and folders just, all the time. It's like something really connected with the themes and the folders. I think it's, it's not less about the themes and the folders and more about the the, the ability to customize and personalize. personalize your interface. Sure. I think that's what people want. People are used to that. Like look at what you can do on your phone and how you can organize your phone, right? People mm -hmm. want the same thing for, I think, for their consoles, yeah. which I... The part of me that loves the organization and the customization, like I totally get it. Um, obviously, there's I think there's like bigger fish <laughs> to fry mm -hmm. when it comes to like a new piece of hardware. Yeah. But hey, I, I I'm I like a good theme and a good folder as much as the next guy. So I get it. Mm -hmm. yeah. I get it. 
and then last thing at the top here. So like we've said, we are getting onto this new schedule for 2023 uh, since we had Super Kitten Krista 64 for this week, the Like a Dragon vlog. Next week, we'll be streaming. Yes. What will we be streaming? We don't know yet. Uh, not a Sonic game. Not a Sonic game. But beyond game. that, we don't know. Yeah. We yeah. will we'll we, decide soon. We will decide. If you have a suggestion, let us know. Yeah. In the comments. Um, we had so much fun, though, on that Sonic stream. Yeah. It was getting a little long towards the end. I can tell you were getting a little tired. Um, it was like past 10. It was like past our bedtime. We're so old. <laughs> but no, what it is, we have a two-hour limit. We do. On, so like we the, really do. Our this, brains have like yeah. a two-hour limit. This podcast, once it starts to get past two hours, it goes downhill real fast. Yeah. And it's, it's the same thing that happened with the stream. We started at 8, and around 10 o'clock, my brain just... Yeah. Also, it was kind of getting late, right. too. Um, but we had such a fun time with everyone that came through to hang out. Yeah. It was a fun stream. We had a lot of questions about like how to actually play this game, and the chat was very helpful. Um, yeah. And it was very entertaining. So, yeah. with a few um, significant, maddening exceptions, that game was pretty fun. Beautiful game, too. It, it really Looked nice to look at. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, again, we had just a, t it felt like a group play, which is like my favorite. Mm -hmm. Like, we, you know, were very interactive with people in the chat and, and they were very helpful. It was like a, like, a guide it totally that, was. that you yeah. could just like ask to do whatever. It's like so cool that it was it was like that. Yeah, I loved yeah. it. I loved it. So we got to think about something else to to play next week. But um, it was really fun. Super super fun. Yeah. All right. On to controversial story time. Controversial. Controversial. The subject of the story time simply reads Seattle teriyaki. Mm. Um, this mm. is a this is a years long. Um, Thing that went on with us. I think it's a decade long. Well, it, I mean, certainly before I think you and I were even born, it was a thing yeah. in Seattle. But then it became a real personal thing with the Redwood City office versus. I think it was the, mostly just us, actually. Was it just concentrated on us? <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure too somebody. many other people really got sucked into this battle. We really got sucked in. We and did. I don't know why we became the targets yeah. of this controversy, but. So, yeah. So if you, if you haven't been to Seattle, one thing that will stand out, or, or, or just the Seattle area, one thing that will stand out to you is there is an abundance of teriyaki restaurants. There is. Everywhere. Everywhere. Every yeah. which way you look. And I always thought of it just as kind of like a funny little quirk of like, oh, yeah. they, oh they like teriyaki here. Okay. Right. And there who, is who like, doesn't? There is quite like, you know, a good food scene in Seattle. Yeah. And they have lots of different like kinds of cuisine. Right. It's like very diverse. So it was kind of, I kind of chalked it up to, oh, it's like just part of it, you know? Yeah. But it is like more than other cities. It's a lot. Yeah. Now, do you like teriyaki? We should say before we go any further. I like teriyaki. Sure. Yeah. I don't, I don't know anybody who dislikes teriyaki. Right. I mean, it's, it's not something that I'm like craving not like all the time. on the daily you're having teriyaki. Right. right. Um, but like, it's so simple that I don't know why people would dislike it. You right. know what I mean? It's like chicken and rice. So, right. I don't so know. Uh, we, the, the majority of this story actually takes place in New York, believe it or not. Yeah. So we were both on a trip to New York when Nintendo still had that office in New York on Park Avenue, that really nice office right. that we showed when we went to New York. Um, a lot of the people who worked in that New York offices were transplants right. from Seattle. That's correct, yeah. And um, a number of them we were friendly with. And we, when we got into the office one morning, this person said, Hey, Kitten Krista, 
let's go out to lunch today. And guess what? There is down the street a new place that's open that we're really excited about to take you. <laughs> they serve amazing Seattle style teriyaki. Right, right. They were like really just overly excited about this. And like, honestly, if I was in New when I'm in New York, my first choice isn't to eat Seattle teriyaki. Right. Because I want to eat like New York things. Like, I would have been perfectly happy with a pizza. But you know. But you were definitely intrigued of like, well, what is Seattle teriyaki? I was like, fine. I mean, this person was so excited. Yeah, it was hard I, I to was like, definitely hooked into this. Hard to like, um, you know, not be intrigued or right. not be excited also. Yeah. And it seemed like this was a big deal because, again, this was a transplant from Seattle. It seemed like this person was really like missing this very Seattle specific food item. Yeah. Now that this person was in New York. Right. So I was like, what's the... What's the big deal? Yeah, what's right? this fuss all what's about? What could it be? And we asked him, and he's like, "Well, it's just it's just a little bit different than teriyaki you've had. It's definitely better. It's, yeah. you know, the special. It's a little bit like yeah, and cagey. He, and he about... kept regaling us with like, oh, you know, teriyaki was created in Seattle, and they like, just do it differently, it? and it's just better, and it, and it, it'll be unlike anything you've ever had before." So I was like, oh, wow. Wow, that's a high, um, expectations I'm, were high. I'm ready to have my socks blown off by this teriyaki. Yeah. So let's go. So we get to the place, and this place is still there, right? This place is still What's there. What's it called? Glaze. Glaze, if anybody. It's a, actually a chain. I believe okay. there's some in San Francisco now oh, as well. Are they in Seattle? We should go eat it again <laughs> and see if we can tell them. Anyways, um, <laughs> she So, <laughs> you know, ask like, well, what should we order? He's like, just, just get the. The basics, the basics, you know, yeah. just so you can rice, taste teriyaki rice. So you bowl. can taste the, yeah. the beautiful flavor of the Seattle teriyaki. We're like, all right. So we get it. We sit down. We take a bite, and I think you and I share a look because guess it what? This is just exactly like normal teriyaki. This is just normal teriyaki. It has no either. I cannot. If you blind taste test me, I can't. It's tell. exactly the same thing. Because it is right. There is no difference. There and, is no Seattle teriyaki. That's the crux of the story. And the guy was like, he was like looking at us. He's like, it's good, right? It's different, right? And we're like, mm. no. I mean, it's, it's good, but it's not different. It's though. exactly the same. It's like literally, I mean, the teriyaki sauce is the ingredients you can't really get too creative with. Right. It's like soy sauce, sugar, mirin. Yeah. There's only so many things There's you can so jam you into can teriyaki in, sauce. Yeah. What else are you going to put in there to make it different? Right. Um, so, and it wasn't bad, it was fine. but it just was literally the same thing yeah, that we had just like normal a million times at a million like, different places. Yeah, not different at all. Right. Uh, and this person was quite disappointed Very by this revelation yeah. of like, I don't believe you. Um, this is definitely better. I've had teriyaki different places. It can't compete. I was or, like, I don't know about that. Maybe, right. yeah, you should rethink your life. Um, and then we... But then the story gets even like juicier because we then like tell everybody about this teriyaki thing. So we were making fun of this person. We we're like, yeah, he totally talked it up. And then it was the same. Like, this yeah. is ridiculous. And we were talking to somebody quite well known at Nintendo. Mm, who could it be? Who could it be? Yeah. We'll let you take a wild guess. Um, this person is in the Seattle, the, the Redmond of office. Of course. So we, and, and, and um, we tell this person, what happened to us with uh, his Seattle native uh, friend and the teriyaki. And and this it sends this person into a tizzy. Right. He's like legit upset with us. Yeah. And like again, legit again, it, was, it was the same arguments of, no, it's better. It was created here. 
you haven't had it like this, yeah. yada, yada, yada. It's like, meanwhile, it's like this, this teriyaki is fraudulent. Again, <laughs> it's not bad. It's exactly the same. Yeah, exactly. And it's not created there, by the way. I did, I did Google this, and there are some claims that it was. I mean... You can't say that because it's I, so generic. I think that's... That may be a stretch, but it's a stretch. They do. It, it is. It is a belief. Heard of a place called Japan? <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Uh, but but then this person takes us to a place in Seattle, right? To eat, right? So it, he's like, no, I don't. So believe it got you. escalated. It even escalated more, right? because it was like, no, this place that was in New York is not actually Seattle teriyaki. Yeah. This this is why you can't tell the difference. So we go to a place in Seattle to have Seattle teriyaki yep. with this person. Their, their proclaimed best version yes. of the Seattle native took us. Yes. Right. Tastes the same. And it tasted exactly, exactly the same. Exactly the same. Uh, so again, he was furious. He flew furious. into a fit of rage. Furious. Um, I think he's still a little bit mad. I think he is. Because yeah. like sometimes when we mention we'll it, bring again, it up. he gets like legit yeah. salty about it. Right. Uh, I know this person is a teriyaki lover. I know this person eats it quite a bit, which is I, fine. I agree. Yeah, I think this is like a like a personal, just food um, favorite of of his. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, but now again, we can claim. I mean, we've had teriyaki all over the world at this point. We have. Have these? Have these people? I don't know. So, well, we, this uh, this person that that were that that took us to the place in Seattle absolutely has had teriyaki in Japan. So I'm just like I'm. Just, it makes me even wonder more. Like, yeah. what is wrong with you? Um, so this <laughs> became a major thing. rift between us and uh, the Redmond office because it really pretty much everybody there is like a true believer yeah. in the Seattle teriyaki. This is what I want to do: blind taste test. I'm yeah. gonna put, I'm gonna get Seattle teriyaki. I'm gonna get teriyaki from other places in right. the world. We will blindfold them. And then you tell if they can pick out the Seattle teriyaki, then I will proclaim that I was wrong once and for all. Really? Um, now I admit. So I did actually. Sometimes I would make a trip up to Redmond by myself. You would get that. And I would actually try different teriyaki yeah, restaurants because it's like, well, I got no dinner plans. What am I going to do? I'm going to do. A, what's the most loserish thing I should do? Go to a teriyaki restaurant by myself. Well, no, you would get it like to go. But I would try. I tried out maybe like three or four other ones, and I would look. I was like, what is the best reviewed? Do the people love it? Like, yeah. I'm a local. I love this. And they all again. They taste the same. They were all good. They were all fine, but they tasted the same. <laughs> so blind taste test. This remains one of the big mysteries, mysteries. of my life, and um, it weirdly became like a huge point of contention, right? Um, that was held over us by someone important at Nintendo, and had a hard time getting past that. Honestly, had a yeah. hard time. So. Um, first of all, who cares? Second of all, you're wrong. Um, third <laughs> of all, if if anybody who's who's watching or listening to this has experience. Uh, with Seattle teriyaki or knows any more yeah. about this, Can you please tell us? please put us in the comments. And like, tell me if you think it's different. Don't be scared. Yeah. I want to know. Like, truly tell me yeah. why. Our minds are open. Just like we're gonna have we're gonna have Seattle teriyaki <laughs> teriyaki week. <laughs> week. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but that was that that was an ongoing ten year saga yeah. that has not been resolved um, because we love ne Nintendo. Maybe never will. And be. maybe we just don't care anymore. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so fun, fun story time for today. Bit of a different one, but uh, had to be shared. Yes. Um, okay. On to our big topic for Oops. this week: predicting these Metacritic scores. Yes. So, like we said at the top, we have chosen the twelve biggest games. These mm -hmm. have firm launch dates. 
Yes. For 2023, or at least are confirmed for 2023. There were a few that were a little bit iffy that we couldn't include. Um, and we are going to see who can come closest to predicting these scores. Yes. Um, our first game. Oh, yes? I was going to say, just quickly, Metacritic yes. reviewer scores, not the user score. No, 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 Just no, to no. be clear. Yes. yes, good good clarification there. Yeah. Um, our first game is Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Right. Now, we talked a lot about this game. We talked a lot about potentially how it might be challenging to capture the Disa magic. Some disappointment might be felt. Right. A Breath of the Wild, and, and maybe it won't be as just groundbreaking, whatever word you want to use yeah. there. Um, but we also did did say that we both thought that the game was going to be reviewed quite well. Right. So what say you? Well, Breath of the Wild got a 97, which right. is incredible. Ooh. One of the highest scores on yeah. Metacritic. One, one of the great joys of my career was that I was with the developers when, they when, the, when the reviews hit. Yeah. And they were overjoyed, obviously. Right, right. Um, my prediction... Again, it's very in line with what I've been saying. I think right. it'll, it will not live up to what the original was. What mm -hmm. could, but I still think it'll be extremely strong. And I'm it's going to be very high quality. I am predicting a 92. Okay. Mine's a little bit higher. I'm predicting 95. Oh, 95? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I do think the cachet of the game, and even if you're building upon an existing foundation... I think that's going to carry some weight with reviewers. Sure. Um, and it's just going to depend on how you're judging the game. Whether yeah. you're judging it for uniqueness and, and new things, or you're judging it on the quality that was built on the foundation of Breath of the Wild. One thing I will say, there's a couple other Switch games on this list, is I do think we're going to start to see a lot of nitpicking about technical stuff, because mm. that just is in what people are talking about, of like, That's oh, this, this hardware is too old, or oh, this frame rate, I counted these frames, and yada yada. The switch, the switch is surely showing its age, and it's yeah, you know that's seventh true. year or whatever. And that's like a kind of like a um, a clickbaity topic right. for people, right? So I can see that becoming so, like part of the narrative. Certainly, sure. you know, nothing I care that much about, but I do think somebody might hold that against it, okay, in a different way than they would have like a like, couple a couple years ago, right? And also, like Breath of the Wild obviously was a launch title for yeah. Switch, so that also carries like a different. And, and it started it started as a Wii U game, mm -hmm. so. Yeah. You know, it might be easier to, to forget like, any come around technical... on that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. So 95 for me. 92. 92 for, for me. you. All right. Our next game, and we're not going in any chronological order no. or anything. We're just, as they came to mind, yeah. is uh, Starfield. Yes. Huge game from Bethesda for mm -hmm. Xbox. Um, launch date for this game is a little bit up in the air right now. Yeah. We think it's going to get delayed. That was one of our I think 2023 strongly. predictions. It'll get pushed out. Um, our, our prediction was that it would get delayed until probably like October, November, holiday. Or like holiday. holiday. Yeah. Um, so we'll see if that announcement gets made in the next few months or so. The other thing that I'm standing by with this game is I still think it's going to be like pretty like polarizing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like the stuff that we saw, some of the things look really cool. They have some really good ideas, mm -hmm. but it also is very concerning that if it could feel like super bloated and right, super right. just like maybe like some areas would just feel completely like unfinished. Yeah, yeah. Like there's going to be a level of sort of jankiness, I guess, with a big open well, world. Well, the Bethesda jank is famous. Exactly. 
Um, I, I'm with you. I think there will be parts of this game that will be amazing, that will really dazzle people. I think there will be parts of this game that feel not entirely baked. Yeah. And I think it will have the a jank. Pretty and big I, impact on the score. And really, at this point, people are sick of the jank. I think so, And I too. think that's going to hurt the score. And I think people, especially after, like... All of this stuff. Cyberpunk. Exactly. All these like other the bugs games. Yes. And, yeah. Pokemon. Pokemon, yeah. So I think it's going to be an 80. Oh, wow. Well, so so just for reference, the last two Fallout games that Bethesda did, uh, Fallout 3 um, got a 93, Fallout 4 got an 88. Mm -hmm. I do remember the chatter about the jank really ratcheting up after Fallout 4. Yeah. That was a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, I'm predicting a 79 for Starfield. So oh, very, very so close. So very close. I I thought about going into the 70s. I, I think that there's going to be enough good ideas, new yeah, ideas, yeah. Um, that will, and, and just like the triple anus of it um, will carry it through to the, eight, like the 80s, but I think it's going to be like barely, yeah. they're just, Barely gonna crack we that. We can buy, yeah. That B oh, mark. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's good. Uh, our next game, we're back on the Switch, is Pikmin 4. Ooh. Um, Pikmin oh. 3, for reference, got an 87, which is actually higher than I, I remember. I remember it to be. Yeah, this um, game is pretty niche. I know there's a lot of like really like avid fans for Pikmin, but in the grand scheme of things, it's not like a Mario or it's, Zelda. It's not at Nintendo. that level for sure. Yeah. Um, um, if you like that kind of game, I think you like it a lot. But if you don't like it, you also don't like it at all. We so. don't know a ton about this game. Honestly, we don't know a ton about Starfield either. Yeah. Or, or Zelda, really. But um, <laughs> it's, it's okay. That's what this is about. Um, so what's, what's your feeling on this one? My feeling is going to be an 82. Oh, a five-point drop from Pikmin 3, really? Yeah. Okay. I, I guess, For any particular reason? I just don't... I don't know. I just feel like... You know, this game, again, is, is just so niche. I don't, I'm not sure what, like, new ideas will be in this game. I'm sure it'll look pretty. Yeah. I'll that'll, that'll have that going for it, you know? It, it always looks nice. But besides it having, like, the Miyamoto cachet and, like, the sort of the legacy of Pikmin. Like, I just feel like Nintendo's been trying to make Pikmin. Like, even, you know, Mr. Miyamoto's been trying to make Pikmin yeah. a thing forever. But I just, I don't see the Pikmin fandom getting bigger i only see it sort of almost decreasing a little oh really bit, okay is, is my feeling i don't know maybe i'm totally off um, um it's not a franchise i love honestly so so i'm predicting an 85 okay i think this will be very close in the same ballpark as pikmin 3 again maybe some points deducted because of any technical issues or limitations mm -hmm. um i think there's you know a good number of pikmin fans out there and in the media um and i think they will like this game, um, but yeah, I, I don't think it'll be a huge deviation up or down either way. Okay, so you think it's gonna be pretty stable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Um, okay, our next game is Spider-Man 2. Oh boy. From Insomniac. Yes. Um, Insomniac cranks out these games. But they're like good. You, like you wouldn't believe. And these games are always very, very yeah, high quality, yeah. very well done. So, the first Spider-Man game, which was on PS4, mm -hmm. got an 87. Yep. Miles Morales got an 85. Mm -hmm. I actually think Miles Morales is the better game. I actually think so, too. Um, we both played a, a fair amount of the first Spider-Man game, right? Yeah, we yeah. both played both. We both played both um, quite a lot. Yeah. And we both loved both. I... 
the the faults of both of these games have been pretty clearly articulated and agreed upon. Mm-hmm. And I think Insomniac will take that to heart. I think so with too. This game. Yeah, that's the thing. I think they have shown that they can take a idea or take um, something that's built on a, a pretty cool foundation and actually see, make some serious improvements. Right. Like and do a lot better. For like next those time. stealth segments in the first game were awful. They didn't have that in Miles Morales. Exactly. And they better not in this game. They made Miles, the Miles Morales one feel like so much quicker yeah, and, and just yeah. smoother as well. Like I think they, they learned really quickly in the first game that people like to swing around and like yeah. that's like the feeling that they want. And right. they, they put like a ton of that into mm-hmm. um, Miles Morales. Right. I, I think this game is going to crack 90. I'm going to say. With, with the score of? 91. 91. Yeah. Okay. I think it, they're they're on the upward yes. trajectory, I, in I, my opinion. My prediction is ninety. So we're, really? we're extremely close. <gasps> it's good that we're not saying the same thing, though. Yeah, because, because again, then, the challenge board you got to win. Right. Um, I, I really think that they're gonna they're gonna make like a lot of good improvements to this, and I have very high hopes. I yeah. think it's gonna be high quality. I think they're gonna they're gonna do really good. Yeah, and they they're. You know, Track record. Interesting new characters that they're introducing, new mm-hmm. villains. Yeah, uh, everything is lined up for this to just be a smash hit. Exactly. Every every which way. And around. it's gonna look fantastic, obviously. On yeah. The next gen. Right, right, right. Or like on this gen um, hardware. Yeah. So yeah, if any, it's just gonna keep getting better yeah. from before. Yeah. So I definitely agree with that. All right, our next okay. game is a game that's coming out soon. Uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. From EA and Respawn, the first game scored, to me, a surprisingly low 79. I wasn't surprised by that. Really? I feel like these games also can be hit These games? What do you mean by these games? This kind of game. What? Like what? I don't know. Star Wars games? Yeah. Or action games? Star Wars games. Star Wars games. Did you play this game? No. (laughs) (laughs) It was busted. It looked boring. Oh, no. I did play this game. Um, Was it boring? Well, I had problems. I had some problems with puzzles um, with this game. It was slow. It was it was really fun. Okay. I will say, Respawn, I strongly feel, is one of the best developers in the business. Um, I am feeling much more confident about this game. I'm predicting an 87, so a pretty significant oh. jump of um, no. eight points. No? Look, Seven, down? 79. Exactly the same. Yeah. Ooh. I don't think it's going to get better. <laughs> it's not going to get it's better. It's not getting better, people. It doesn't get better. That's it doesn't the get better. This okay. game is so generic looking, too. We were talking about when we saw like the trailers and stuff. Well, the main character is very generic. Well, that's, the game itself also looks generic. That's a generic. concern. Oh, see, I was really liking that trailer they had at the TGAs because oh, I there, it there was, was so many little Star Wars Easter eggs Maybe that they, I didn't they had see put them, in there. I don't care about Star Wars as much as you. Uh, wow. So you're just you're just hating. I'm not hating. I'm just yeah. saying that this is like one of those things too, where it's like if you're, unless you're a massive Star Wars fan, yeah, you may not catch all those things, all right. and then it's just not going to feel like that special. All right, we we can. This is good. Strong disagreement is seventy nine. This could really swing the challenge board for you, one way or another. Seventy nine. Okay, fine. This is like a game of like Price is Right. Oh, I love that 99 show. 99 cents or $1. Oh, yeah. 70, 79.1 yeah, cents. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Um, our next game is, I think we're both looking for it. Well, maybe not so much you. No, this is okay. I'm not as scared of this one. Okay, the Resident Evil 4 remake. I played this one and I wasn't that scared. A um, lot of points of reference here. So the last original game in Resident Evil is Village. That got an 84. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The Resident Evil, they've been doing all these remakes. The Resident Evil 2 remake got a 91. Then Resident Evil 3 got a 79, Ooh, so kind of all over the place. Kind of all over the place. Original Resident Evil 4 is an all-time Metacritic classic at 96. Woo! Um, I have extremely high hopes for this game. I think so, too. Because this game is... Uh, it's one of those games where the mechanics have kind of let it down if you play it today. Yeah. But the concept and everything else around it story. is still super top-notch. So yeah. I think with the modernization they're giving this game, it is going to be fantastic. I'm predicting a 94. Oh. Really high. I said 95. Whoa! 95, I wow. mean 95. Oh my god. This is the one. This, this is, is the this one. This might be the topper. This is not my highest score. I have a higher score. This is my highest score. Wow, okay. Yeah, this is my highest score. And you're going to play this game? Oh, yeah. Really? You're not going to be scared? I don't think I'm going to be, because I wasn't the scared. But the chainsaw guy chasing no, you around. No, that's like kind of funny. Yelling at you in Spanish. It's not as scary. <laughs> <laughs> is he hot, though? Is that uh, well, we he has need, a burlap sack over his head, so we don't know. Um, no, this is a game that I think is not as scary as some of the new Resident Evil games that we've played. It's definitely very action-oriented. It's more action, yeah. exactly. Yeah, no, I, I'm a fan of Resident Evil 4, and okay. I'm excited about this. And But I think you're completely right. Like, when we played Resident Evil 4, like, way back when, like, there there was, like, hardware limitations and stuff like that. Well, but, I, I just, I think it's more of a controls thing. I did go back and play the Switch version of RE4 a couple mm -hmm. years ago, and the controls did not hold up. Right in a way that I expected them to at all. And I was like, oh, this is really a tough way to play this game now. So, but again, everything else is so top notch. I think it's gonna- I think it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be up there. Yeah. yeah. It's gonna look great and it's gonna feel great. And it's just gonna feel like a modern, yeah. you know. It'll be interesting to see if this, again, we're making a lot of assumptions here. Um, like, I don't know, have we had a, a remake be part of a game of the year conversation in a really serious way yet? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I guess it depends on how different it is from the original. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't count it out though. Maybe the Final Fantasy VII remake, but that was really like a, a very different game. That's a different game, game yeah. basically. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. At, at some point that's gonna happen though. You're gonna have to. As more and more games get remade and, yeah. and, and the games that were great get better, you're gonna have I to. Think it's, think I think about it can that. be a contender, though. I don't okay. think you should rule it out just because it was a game that was, yeah. you know, developed yeah. years ago. You're still doing stuff to it to make it new and different and modern. Yeah. So. All right. Next, I had to group these together because this is the glut of games in the summer that I'm. That's so right. That you're nervous about. Fussed up over. Yeah. Uh, Diablo Four is first. Um, Diablo Three on the PC got an 88. Mm-hmm. And then when it came out on console, it jumped up to a 90. So it actually went up going from PC to console, which I did not remember Accessible or expect. For people. Um, Felt great on we Switch. Played, we played a ton of that game on so Switch. so good on Switch. Really well done, really Very fun. well done. Um, did not feel like there was anything lost in that translation. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
Diablo 4. When was so Diablo 3 is kind of an old game at this point. Super old. I remember you and I played that game on PC. That was like the last PC game I played. I think that was in, like in a really one of the last way. PC games that I played. Like that was probably PC like the game. early 2010s. Yeah. So it has been a while. It's been a while. Um, my feeling is that this is going to be a somewhat steep drop, just because oh. I think people are maybe over it. A little over it, or maybe wanting to see more change from this series mm. than just the click, 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 click. I don't know. People sure like to click. There's a lot more loot games now in a lot of different genres. Competition is a little bit higher than normal. Right. Than, than, before, than back in the 2010s, honestly. Right. And maybe I'm just projecting how I might be feeling about this game of like, how many times can we do this? No, the formula um, works though. I'm predicting an 81. Still um, very respectable, but certainly not an 88 or a 90. I gave it an 86. Okay. The other thing about this game is like there's been a lot of stuff coming out about like oh, the development's kind of a mess and there they've is? had a lot of starts and stops on this thing. Uh, and, and it's like, I don't know, that, that seems to happen a lot on these Blizzard games. Yeah. But um, it's. Doesn't it's seem to never, affect the quality. Never or, what you want to hear. Yeah. yeah. But the quality of it doesn't seem to drop or anything like that. Yeah, for the games. most for the they, most part, they, 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 they work it out. But keeping it together, generally. Just just saying. Yeah. All right. So you yeah. said 80, 81, 86? 80, 86. 86. Okay. Versus my 81. Okay. Yeah. Next. Final Fantasy 16. In Roman numerals, that's what? That is XV1. Good. I did it. I did it. Uh, and just drop the Roman numbers already. <laughs> it's getting silly. Somebody said that they do use it still. Huh? We had like somebody comment from Rome that was like, I, I still use this. In Rome? There was a comment. like an, Was it one of these joke accounts? It was like Julius Caesar? No. It was like the account? <laughs> no. Like... It wasn't Julius Caesar. Okay. <laughs> had to ask the question. Uh, anyhow, so the last couple Final Fantasy games, Final Fantasy 15 was at 81. So mm -hmm. that's, I mean, by Final Fantasy standards, that's pretty shaky. Um, Final Fantasy 7 Remake was pretty, pretty widely liked, 87. I was going to say that was higher, yeah. Final Fantasy 16 is very different yes. from Final Fantasy but, games in a lot of ways. But we're also back to like the... Fantasy. The fantasy part of it. Although we do have some interesting... Right. The fantasy, I have been wanting yeah. more fantasy... I think a lot of people ...in have. Final Fantasy for a long time. Right. Um, the guy who has worked on Final Fantasy fourteen, who everybody seems to love so much, is involved in this game. Right. Uh, that seems to bode well. Very promising. It seems to have a more, like, hard-edged storyline to it. Yeah. Um, Maybe a little bit more mature. So... This is honestly a kind of a hard one to project with how much that's different and you don't really know yet. Are they going to pull it off? Uh, I lean towards yes, they will. I think it's going to be great. I am predicting a 91. Oh, I'm predicting an 89. Okay. Still a great score. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be quite high. Yeah. Um, I actually wouldn't be surprised if it cracked 90, but yeah. to be yeah. conservative, I think 89. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think that... There's just a lot of like things that we've seen so far that are things that people have been asking for for a long time in a Final Fantasy game. Yeah. And they seem to be focused on that. Mm -hmm. They seem to be clued in. Like this is what people want and we yeah. want to give it, give it to them in like the best way. So I, I have high hopes for this yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Great. 
Street Fighter VI oh boy. is next. Uh, this series has seen some ups and downs. Street Fighter IV yeah. got a 93. Street Fighter V got a 77. That's, a, that's a big drop-off. That's a drop pretty off. big drop, yeah. Um, that's a big yeah. drop. Street Fighter VI seems to have a lot of momentum. Everybody seems to have loved what they have seen and played of that we game. We played that game. We played that game very briefly at And an it event. was very cool. Um, it looked beautiful. Looks great. Yeah. Feels plays great. Cool. Yeah, feels seems good. Seems to have... I think the criticism of Final Fantasy V was that it was super light on content at launch. And Street Fighter V. Yes, what did I say? Final Fantasy V. Excuse me, Street Fighter V. Street Fighter VI seems to have a lot going on yeah. in it. They, um, they really have like built out this kind of almost like a world yeah. for it. Yeah, so I mean, who knows? I mean, ultimately you want to fight in Street Fighter, <laughs> but you need to have other stuff to do. Yeah. Uh, this is actually the game that I have the highest uh, <gasps> score for it. You do? 95. Whoa. Yes. I mean, Street Fighter is the gold standard for fighting games. Yeah. Street fighting... Fighting game people are extremely passionate. They love it or hate it. Hype. Um, I think this is one that certain, you know, certain people in the media will like seek out of like, I'm gonna review this one because I'm the fighting game guy. And I think this is going mm. to be like, yes, this is the best fighting game in, you know, X years or the best Street Fighter yeah. since Street Fighter 4. I can see that. I think the score is gonna be very high. I think it's going to be also quite high. I gave it a 93. Ah. Um, but yeah, I think that so far. It's looking very promising. I'm not a big fighting game person, right. so I don't know as much about it. But like, you're very interested in this one. I'm super interested in this one, which is why I think people would like it, because yeah. I think they have enough for like more casual um, players, right. too. Right. And like, I, I like the Street Fighter characters a lot, and they seem to be doing a lot mm -hmm. with that. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm really curious to see like how much of that they kind of balance into the game, mm -hmm. like, beyond the, like, the very technical... Yeah. Fighting parts of it, which is very cool. I know for people who love fighting games. Um, but yeah, I, from and this is like I think the only one on this list that we've actually played. Um, yes. 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 And I thought it felt really good. From those five minutes, those were a great mm. five minutes. It was actually fifteen minutes, but okay. okay. Um, Redfall. Redfall is next. This is this is a hard one for me to project. Yeah. I have never played a game by this developer, to be honest, Arcane. Mm, yeah. And me they either. actually have, like, within Arcane, there's different studios. So there's, like, a France studio and a Texas studio. Um, so, again, like, so I ran through, you know, I have Dishonored 2, 89, Deathloop, 88. But those were actually made oh, by I different did play teams. Death. I played Deathloop, but so very briefly. So I don't know if you can take away a lot from that consistency because it's two different teams. This yeah. is the Texas team. Um, we obviously saw a, a bunch of this more, in the yeah. developer direct, mm -hmm. um, but again, a, you know, very multiplayer focused, kind of a different game for them. I don't have, I don't have a ton of confidence in my projection. I'm kind of went down the middle with an 86. Oh, I gave it an 82. Okay. I also kind of felt like it was going to be like middle of the road. Yeah. I think that, that, I guess death loop, the very brief, you know, time I had with that. Yeah. Um, there is a style, but I don't know if this is the same developer. It's not. Like, okay, then never no. mind. Then scratch that. I guess from what I've seen, though, of this game, like through trailers and stuff, there is like a unique style yeah. to it that's different than other games of this genre. Um, there's some creativity to it. So I think maybe, again, like that sort of like uniqueness factor will 
give them an edge. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, really hard to predict. Just like no, no other game sort of like this that you right. can compare it to. They, I mean, they, they are kind of a, a you know developer darling where people really are rooting for them and yeah. their games are very unique. Exactly. Um, so I don't think it'll be bad no. by any means, but it might be a step down from some of their other stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Next Getting one. To the end here. Another one that is super hard to figure out. Oh Armored boy. Core 6. So, okay. the last two Armored Unpack Core games it for us. is it's fascinating. Armored Core 4, 65. <laughs> Armored Core 5 in 2012. This is 11 years ago. Oh, boy. That was the last game in the mm. series. Also, 65. A lot's happened since 2012, though. Though, a lot's happened. And, and this, we know what this developer this, is capable of. this studio of. has completely changed. Yes. Yeah, From FromSoft used to be known for kind of making junk. But now they're game Junk that people loved. Certain people loved this junk. <laughs> but it was still junk. One man's trash, as they say. <laughs> I That's played, like the studio like tagline. Just in case some people don't come for me, I played the Otogi games. I played both of them. Okay. Uh, I have not played I've, any Armor Core type games. I have not, I have not played an Armor Core. When I saw that trailer, the TGAs, though, I'm like, I'm into this. Anything this developer makes, there I'm into it. There was a game it. I played. <laughs> what was the name of that game? It was on Xbox 360 from Chrome Hounds. That was, that was the last kind of game of this style that I played, okay. which was like a, well, anywho. What good. is like a mech? It's another big, like online, online mech, mech game. Yeah. game. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like mechs. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, FromSoft, though, has really turned turned around into something that is quite formidable. Right. Um, we saw what they could do with the Souls game that is used to be, I think before Elden Ring, quite like niche and and um, just something that is not like mainstream really at all and not approachable. And I have faith that they could take a series like Armor Core that's uh -huh. very, like again, for a certain type of person yeah. and make it approachable. And I think if they can do that, it's not going to be a 65. Right. Yeah. Hey, I think it'll be higher than 65. <laughs> but what, what will the score be? I think it's going to be 84. Mm, I'm very close. I'm an 82. Ooh. Okay. So, so we're both in the low 80s. I do think they are going to apply everything they learned making all those Souls games, uh -huh. which will be great. I think so, too. Um, you know, they've, again, they've learned so much over the last, you know, 10, 11 years I still think this game is going to be super crunchy yeah. in a way that is not going to be for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, so it's that's a significant, it's 17 points higher than the last game. But yeah. I think there's kind of a ceiling. I think ceiling. if they can break 80, like that's a win for them. For I think this there's series. a ceiling on it uh, because it is so crunchy yeah. of, of the audience that can put up with that, honestly. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. They could take it in a in a very different direction. Again, we've seen we've seen one CG trailer. We've seen one trailer, but we do we have a lot of evidence that this developer can really do some incredible things. Yeah. Like really like the way that they can capture an audience, they understand how to do that now. Right. So, if they can apply that in a way if they can repeat it, if they can make that repeatable, then that is like you didn't just capture, you know, like lightning in a bottle or whatever with yeah. Elden Ring. Like you really got something. You really understand something about the human psyche to make them, you know, like tick through yeah. these games. And that would be really incredible. And I'm, I want that to happen for them. Like I, I'm like hoping that that's what will happen. Wow. Okay. Yeah. You're going to play Armored Core 6. I'm going to play Armored Core 6. All right, cool. Our final game is 
from a series we both love. Yes. Assassin's Creed Mirage. Yes. So we actually know a fair bit about this game. Yeah. We know that it's going to be a change in direction for the series to kind of the like focus. original games, yeah. which were kind of smaller in scope, mm -hmm. you know, more about the assassination, less about this, you know, crazy action and these gigantic open, open worlds. worlds. Yep. Yep. Um, the, so Which the I, I kind of am looking forward to, honestly. The last three games have been in that that style. Yeah. So again, I don't know what you can take away from this, but just to say, Assassin's Creed Origins, 81. That was Egypt. Yes. Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Greece, 83. Valhalla. Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Vikings, and in, in England, 84. So they did get a little bit better each way. Ticked a little bit I up. would rate those games much higher than those scores. I think so, too. I think those scores were Origins especially were is, is excellent. I would give it way higher than 81. Um... I actually think the focus and the sort of the scope resize is going to be good for this game because when a game is too open, I think it's it can like yeah. again, it can be like janky. Th those games were too big. Too big, and you're not. <laughs> there was too much stuff in there. Those games were not, way too long. The player is not really getting like a lot of value out of that. So if you just focus on stuff that they yeah. are doing making that like super awesome top notch like i think it could yeah. be i remember amazing. hours 50 to 80 of my assassin's creed valhalla playthrough was doing a lot of the same thing yeah we were like like storming those those like, castles wrap it up guys yeah i was like i, I had looted enough yes. villages i was good like i, was I don't looting need to loot. the monastery for the last time yeah, i don't need to loot the the bishop's yeah. chest one more <laughs> 10 more 20 more times people um so yeah i think it's gonna get higher and the score is? 87. Whoa. Uh, I actually have the complete opposite <gasps> uh, feeling as you. Where really? I think people are going to play this game. So people are, I think people are saying now, yes, we want the smaller scope game. That's great. Let's get back to basics. But I think people are going to play this game. You know what? What's missing? We actually need something bigger. Oh, we, we need the grand no. scope of what these other the games. What if the smaller game is like really good? Like really, it's only, really good. I think 76 is the score for this. I think oh people my, are going to be like, fails, fails to live up to the blah, 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 that the, the high bar that the series has set oh, for itself no. over the past installments. Oh, no. Um, but again, you know, as I was going through these scores, all the scores for Assassin's Creed were surprisingly low. That's the one that I was like, I don't understand so maybe, this. Maybe we're just such big fans of this series that we're like, come on. Who cares? Yeah. Um, I, I wanted so, to do well. I really do. Yeah. I'm hopeful that they like really concentrated their efforts to to make it like really top notch. You so, know, so we got some divisive scores between us here. That's good. There are some that we were close on. Yeah. Some that we were definitely like really. This is the, I think the biggest difference. And we have, I think each of us have uh, a different highest score. Yours right. is Street Fighter. Mine is uh, Resident Evil. Um, so yeah. Good year for Capcom. Wow. Oh, true. Um, there was yeah, a 13th game that now I'm kicking myself. Maybe we can just do that real fast. Uh-oh. It is uh, coming up very soon. It's that Harry Potter game that I actually don't, I don't oh. remember the name of it. Hogwarts. Legacy. Wonderful, wild and woolly world of wizards of Hogwarts. Hogwarts Legacy. Okay, great. You're certainly a Hufflepuff at um, this moment. I don't know anything about the history of Harry Potter games because I haven't played oh, them and I haven't paid attention. Shaky, as people I think, have been playing I think it. the score of this is going to be very low. I think it's going to be like 62. Oh, wow. They do seem to maybe be biting off more than they can chew with this game. I think they're going to mess it up. 
and I watched some previews of it and mm. hyping up the scale and all the things that you can do. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know if you're gonna pull this off. Yeah. What do you 62? think? 62? 62. I was also I was thinking like a 68 maybe. Oh you're that's higher. But it's it ain't I, it, it ain't good. It's not gonna crack 70, no, that's for sure. That's not good. So fun. Fun yeah. bonus bonus. Bonus. 13th game. Ooh. Wow. Lucky number. A baker's dozen? Uh, I have nothing more after that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, this was very fun. That was we fun. We will put this all, obviously you've been following along here, but we will put this somewhere, squirrel it away in our 2023 prediction mm -hmm. um, keepsake box. Yeah. With our predictions, with um, with these predictions, and with our overall year predictions. We're going to be keeping some track here. Don't meddle with my things. scores. I know you do that. I see. You well, go, you, you, we recorded a video, so I can't really. Yeah, I'm but time like, passes and people forget. I'm not going to forget. You're going to garble your voice? I'm not going to forget. <laughs> you deep fake me so that I say you. a different number? I have, I, I'm like, can you count to 10, please? <laughs> deep fake you. Come on now. <laughs> All right, the games we've been playing. This is jam-packed this time. Oh, my gosh. I know. We went through a, a really, like, like a, a dry low. spell. Yeah. And then we, like, got, like, blasted with games, right. which is great. Uh, let's start it. with Like a Dragon, Ishin. Um, because we only played that at a preview event, and it's coming out in just a few weeks now. Yeah, first um, of February. This is the next big game that I will be playing when it comes out. I am also from. I went from knowing nothing right. zero about this game. Um, obviously, we're both huge fans of the Yakuza series, um, but I, I actually did not have this game on my radar at all until yeah. we got invited to this event. I kind of didn't either. <clears throat> Excuse me, and then I. Play this game and I was just like blown away by how cool it is. And yeah, I'm, I'm now I'm like really looking forward to it. Yeah. Really, really, really. Yeah, so this is a historical throwback. It's what, like 1860 something? Yeah. So 19th century. It is that interesting yeah. time period where it still feels like old Japan, but it's like you got guns. You got a gun. Yeah. And there's some like Western influence that's yeah, starting like some to industrialization. come in. Yeah. Um, but something that immediately stood out to us is it's set in Kyoto, mm -hmm. which um, obviously is a town that we've spent a fair amount of time in. Yeah. And you can definitely see some of the landmarks and they talk or like the neighborhoods that they talk yes. about. Um, you can see, you know. From then to today. Didn't really change that much. There are honestly. some similarities. There's a lot of similarities. Which is cool. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We were um, playing a portion of the game that was sort of set in like the Gion area yeah. and around the Kyoto River, which we've <laughs> spent a lot of time right. um, in and around when we were working at Nintendo. And uh, it was like very familiar. Like I think the, I in our vlog, we even pulled up some old photos of us like Right at the river, and it looked exactly the same. It's like kind of yeah. crazy, actually. And it's you know it's it's a big open space like other yakuza or, or like a dragon games, and the level of like hustle and bustle in the city is is really cool. It's very cool. There's a lot going on. There's a lot to, you can like poke your head just in any little shop or mm -hmm. restaurant, and there's yeah. something happening. I love the little markets and stuff like that. Yeah, lots like, of little mini games and side things to do. Yeah. It feels very alive. The level of detail was very high, I yeah, thought, yeah. Um, which is fun. And again, only, like only the series can do this, this, this balance of very serious moments and very goofy stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't were, know how they do we it. We were talking about the funny thumbnail, but that literally was like a side mission. That happened, yeah. Uh, where, you know, your main character goes into like a bathhouse and someone steals all your clothes. Right. And you have to chase them down the street in your underwear. Right. But then, like, that is, like, set 
side by side with this like super serious storyline mission about like you know your your sensei gets like murdered like right. a yakuza storyline yeah and you have to go and like infiltrate like the different ranks of these like like warring you know um like like people or whatever to try to like find out who his killer is and it's very serious mm -hmm. but then you're like running down the street in your underwear yeah so like i don't know how it, it doesn't feel weird jumping back and forth between those two things at yeah. all I, I think so they many do so well many games would struggle with this but yeah. the studio somehow it's like that's just what they did and it's kind of like when we played um the last uh, Yakuza game we played, Like a Dragon, yeah. was like, you had that chicken stockholder thing. Right, or was there was like a guy in a, another guy in a diaper again. Yeah, there was a guy in a diaper. But then yeah. like you also had this, again, a very serious storyline right. um, of like like societal problems. And, right, yeah. real world problems. Real world problems. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how they do it, but I'm grateful that they do it because it makes it such a unique experience and it just makes like this... It could it could be this very kind of like serious game, um, which would still be fun, I think. Yeah. But I think this just adds like a layer of um, I don't know. It was like humorous and yeah. entertaining. If you're wondering, with the last game being turn based, this is not turn based. It's not. Yeah. This is proper like action um, fighting. Yeah. And you have these like four different fighting styles that you can choose from. Which one did you say you like? The sword and the gun? There, so there's a samurai sword, there's a sword and the gun, there's a brawler, and then just the gun. Yeah. You can kind of switch between yeah, all four yeah. quite seamlessly yeah. and quickly, which is really fun. I like the sword and the gun because you're like dual wielding it basically. And it's, it's really cool. <laughs> you're like slashing away and then when they fall down, you can like shoot them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so that felt pretty good. But, I'll uh, say I... I don't think I've taken full advantage of all the different fighting styles in these games. Yeah. Maybe because I've had a hard time, like, differentiating. But with this one, it's like, with it, with it being associated with different weapons, it's very clear. Yeah. And I really like just the gun. Yeah. Um, because you don't have, like, a lot of ammo concerns. Because you can just, yeah, you can you just can shoot just, like, freely. Unload. <laughs> and, like, yeah. sometimes, like, a guy with a sword can block a bullet, which is not realistic. But, I mean, <laughs> otherwise it would be unfair. Yeah. Um, so it's fun. There's a lot of depth there. There's a good, um, also like they give you like points after each, uh, obviously after each fight like yeah. you normally do and you like get money and stuff. But like it's it's cool because like there's also points for like the dodging and like just like how marvelous like your, yeah. your yeah. action play um, playthrough is. So yeah, anyways, I went from knowing zero and not, thought had not even realized this game was coming out in February to being actually really excited yeah. for it and, and just being on the list of my next, yeah, my yeah. next big game that I'm going to be playing. So more on that soon. Uh, Fire Emblem Engage, we're continuing to play. You have surpassed me oh my gosh, and, with so the story. Deep. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you go lead on this. I am so like sucked in now to Fire Emblem. Like, I don't know. This game definitely has like its fair amount of, not problems, but like slightly disappointing weird things mm. like yeah the relationship stuff is pretty lacking like it's pretty surface level i think they can do better in finding a balance between like how much relationship stuff that we were forced to do in three houses to how little and then like the awakening was sort of more integrated into the story with like having you know the, the kids or whatever to what it is now, which is, like, literally the most bare-bones thing. Uh -huh. they, they bury, like, the support conversation so much yeah. that you have to, like, go into multiple menus yeah. to even find 
those. And I actually spent a fair amount of time last night because I was really behind on my support conversations oh. to like go through everyone's because they, it was not clear to me like in the normal sort of the normal cadence of going back to, to your like hub world to going into battles, like where to do that. So there's some weirdness there. The character design too, like I'm like iffy on some of them. Like some of them look like legit great Fire Emblem characters, but then some of them just look like clowns. I'm like, why are you dressed like you're from the Moulin Rouge? I don't understand the how this works. Like it just feels like it's characters from like two different games. Mm. You know, so I'm weirded out by that. Like it takes you out of like this world that they're trying to build. It's like you're a knight and then you are wearing like a tutu. <laughs> like what the <laughs> heck is going on? You know, yeah. it's a little out there. Um, so it just feels like kind of like like jumble, like like so different that it doesn't feel like in the same game. But that all doesn't matter at all because <laughs> this game is awesome. And like it just truly has like that fire emblem addictive cycle that you you cannot get out of like once you start to like get into the battles and the strategy and like figuring out your characters and then the emblem ring stuff that they do is a cool little ad like it definitely feels gimmicky how do you so that whole system i still don't feel like i'm completely getting the most out of how do you manage those rings i need a tip um so I like to pair the rings with a similar character. How similar do you need to get though? Like I, I try to keep them pretty. Like I look at the the like the skills that the rings give you, right? And I think about like what character um, would benefit the most from. So here's an example. So like I I've been trying to like level up and really have this like really sort of good balance like sword sword master kind of character. Mm-hmm. Um, which is that really hot? Diamond. Diamond is so hot. He's the new Husbando, guys. So hot. First new Husbando all, he, just dropped. New Husbando drop. <laughs> Exclusive drop. Um, first of all, he's hot, so I have to use him. Yeah. Um, second of all, like I want someone that like has like enough armor to like take a hit. Yes. But also can do some damage. Right. Like some of the characters, I'm like, what's wrong with you? Like, some of them why are a little weak. Suck. Yeah. Um, so I paired. I had him paired with um, Ike because Ike gives you like. A couple of skills that are like very much sort of like strength based. Uh-huh. Um, he also has like cool skill where he can like bur- like bust through like barriers and stuff. So I usually keep uh-huh. him in the front um, with like another like maybe like a a mounted character yeah. or like an armored character. But he's usually like the front line, and then I have like all the magic characters like behind him. Right. So I need him to like do some stuff in the front and take a hit and like do some damage. Um, so like that's how I do the rings. I don't know if that's now, how people do it. When you when you max out those relationships, what do you do then? I mean, because I've hit that point with a number of them, and I, and I've not really changed it. I mean, I feel like I, yeah. I need to do something. I'm not sure what. I don't know. Like I am really invested into this like core group of characters now. Yeah. Like, I bench. There's a lot of characters in this one too. Yeah. Like maybe too many. There's, even I, I think so. At and this point, yeah. I've benched a fair amount of yeah. them. Like I want them all. I can't let them die, obviously, and I need to collect them all from like a like I do the paralogs to collect these characters. Yeah, yeah. But I also don't ever use some of them, so like it's okay if they max it out. Like there, there may be another character that. But do you is, move the ring to somebody else? After I don't that, honestly. You just leave it. I leave it. Okay. Because there's more rings to get. Seems like there's plenty of rings. There's twelve total, I think. Okay. So y- there's more rings to get. 
um, yeah, I, some some stories have happened, and the rings were involved in it. So I uh, won't spoil it for okay. people, but the, the ring management becomes like quite a thing because you you do have to like kind of figure out who to pair it with. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, but you know, my core group is pretty strong now. I don't like the main character. She yeah. is very weak and annoying. Really weak. I've tried so many things to like help her level up. I just have to keep him in the back. I and like I, occasionally snipe a kill. I do a, a snipe kills for yeah. It's not great. And like whenever you try to like when you do the thing where you see like how much damage it does to you, it's always like a significant yeah. amount of damage. It's I'm like, like it's what like, is the point? And it's of always you? like oh well, it's game over if this character dies. I so know. I have to be super careful. I know. It stinks. True. It stinks. Yeah. Icky, like, one-shot kills. Right. I'm like, how is this possible? You are a dragon so child. I, I really <laughs> need to, like, power that character up, but I, I don't know a good way. Yeah, I've been trying to, yeah, have it, like, do a lot of the, um, like, have it next to somebody so yeah. they can do the chain attacks. Right. And then have it snipe, like, a, yeah. a kill at the end. Like, get it down to, like, three health. Right, and then so, have it's, it... so there's, like, no question. Right, yeah. because I otherwise it's so hard it's to do. It's dicey. It's very dicey. Um... But yeah, again, I'm so like sucked into it though. Like it, like the way that they do the battles and stuff. It's like, it's fun. It's really yeah. good. It looks they, great. They they put in like you know some interesting little quirks to the maps. They have some really fun, you know, character combinations. I just got one that's really cool. It's a it's a mounted bow shooter. Oh, neat. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's been fun. Um, you know, I got these like really interesting like healing classes that can also do like a fair amount of damage. Mm-hmm. Like what is it, like priest monk yeah, kind of yeah. like class? Like the, like the hand-to-hand stuff. Yeah, yeah, they do like the martial arts yeah. basically. Um, yeah, like it's it's really good. I'm very much sucked into it now. Yeah. I'm like, should I buy the DLC? Like, <laughs> Might as well. I'm already thinking about it. I'm already <laughs> thinking about it. It's good. Yeah, it's really, yeah. really good. Yeah. Uh, I, I honestly don't have anything to add. You said it perfectly, so but I'm I'm still playing this game too. Yeah. Uh, Goldeneye is the next game. Goldeneye. This was a, a bit of a surprise coming out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, it's out on the Switch and the Xbox. Mm-hmm. Uh, you played I, it on both. I played both. Have you? I've only played on Switch. Because I just had to see like what was the differences. What um, was the differences? Well, the bi- the big difference. Multiplayer. No. Controls. Huge difference is on the Switch. By default, oh, the vertical aiming is inverted. Normal And on Xbox, don't weird. call it normal. Normal. It's not normal. It's very normal. It doesn't make me normal if I like, not normal if I like to invert a control. Yes, it does. It doesn't. It does. You need to stop. Uh, and then on the Xbox, it's it's not inverted. So I don't know what happened there. The that, controls are a not, mess. That's not true to the game. But the game is still really fun. <laughs> Yeah, so the Switch version, oh boy. you really have to jump through a lot of hoops to play it a properly. Lot of hoops. And it's, I mean, it's stuff that, like, you can figure out, but... I it's w- asking for a lot. I worry about a lot of people's experience with this game. I had to watch, like, four or five videos. Right. On how, and I'm invested in this. Yeah, so the default controls, we should say, unplayable. Absolutely, Absolutely unplayable. unplayable. It's, it's just like a hodgepodge of just throwing buttons on the controller. You, it's not, and it makes, makes no sense. Absolutely no sense at right. all. So you got to go into the menus. So your options are buy the N64 controller, it's which is quite expensive and works, also impossible. Works perfectly, but expensive and impossible. I heard it's impossible to get. To get impossible. To yeah, get. we were talking to our right because everybody everybody wants it to play this game because they like, can't play it. Um, or at the system level, 
you remap the buttons and there's a few different ways that people have been sharing right. ways to do it. I found a way that was good that let me basically do modern like twin stick aiming, yeah. which is different from the first game, which right. obviously only had one, one stick, stick, but it feels good to play it that way. Yeah, what, They also have like some button controller options in the game itself. Right, you also have to fiddle with that. Yeah, you and that that menu is impossible right. to navigate so, by the way. So multiple so. button layers. configuration layers. Yes. Um, Challenging. So what style did you eventually go with? I am on that solitaire style, yeah. but I remap my system yeah. level. Yeah, okay, but, well then we're probably doing something yeah, similar yeah. there. But I still, I mean, the, the aiming of that game is notoriously hilarious and ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it, it has auto-aim, so... Yeah, it's a, you, stupidest thing. It's ever. not. It's not. The, it's never going to be the most precise. No, thing. it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's actually laughably funny to play right. it. You just, just wave it yeah. around and shoot. It's fine. <laughs> the other layer of ridiculousness is playing online, which we had a firsthand experience um, of. So, just the, all these NSO games use the same online system, yeah. which is extremely unintuitive. It's where so to dumb. start to start a game with somebody, you don't actually open the game. If you open the game, you've made the biggest mistake of your life. Yeah, and you need to actually play. go into a different menu. Right. But even then, that menu is very confusing because it doesn't give you an option to like open a room like you don't normally do with multiplayer online right. games. You have to choose an option that basically sounds like you're playing alone to play with people. Yeah. So that and, and only with friends. Only ever with your friends. Never yes. never with random people. We had a very fun uh, exchange of friend codes with our community. Yeah, so um, it was a mad rush of putting in friend rush. codes. Yeah, and then like I got like millions of friend requests like right. within hours of doing our meetup. I mean, yeah. it all works at the end. Now, after all of that, the game was incredible it's to play. So fun. Super fun. Online worked well. It worked really well. Um, no disconnects. Right. Smooth. Yeah, it felt great. Felt like it was 1998 again in some... It did. In some, like... We didn't have our cardboard TV dividers. No, we didn't do that. We should have made them for the Switch. Like a little handheld, like <laughs> the little ridiculous. tiny dividers. Um, but it felt so nostalgic. We all had such a great time. It was probably one of the best um, yeah. meetups we've had because the game was so perfect right. for it. But... Um, a lot of hoops, though. I guys. mean... I just don't know what Nintendo's doing with this because this game is a big deal to them. They, yeah. I mean, they've probably been working for like who knows how long. Like, could be over a decade. I mean, this is the biggest game for N sixty four. Arguably, to get this game on their platform again to work out all the legal mumbo jumbo. Sure. Yeah, life. So it's not stuff. just it's not like just any other game that's like yeah, farted out. Who cares? Like this is a big deal to them. I guarantee at Nintendo, it's like how are we leveraging this to get people to sign up for NSO? How are we doing this? Yeah. What, what are we doing? What is the campaign? What's the plan? But to make it but if this many layers. The thing, it's okay, all those hoops, it's fine for you and I because yeah. we're invested enough to yeah. want to figure it out. And it's like, we and we have the know-how to do all this yeah. stuff. Yeah, and we're not the audience that they should be going but after either. there are so many people who played GoldenEye like maybe in college 20 years ago and probably have not played a lot of games since. Right. Those are the people who are going to be so mad and so frustrated. Yeah, exactly. If they're like, oh, oh, GoldenEye, I remember that, that's fun. Yeah, let's get the friends back together. Yeah. And it's not going to work, and they're right. going to be frustrated, and they're going to hate this Switch and the, and the Nintendo Switch Online. Yeah, it's going to have, like, the opposite effect. Right. Like, you can turn off that audience so fast. And I was getting frustrated, and I was I was going to 
you know, push forward with this. Yeah. Like, I, I was already like, oh my gosh, I, this is the fourth video that I'm watching on how to remap my buttons. Like, okay. Yeah, so and a lot of people have come out and said, oh, it's no big deal. It's like, yeah, to you and I, it's not a big deal, but yeah. to a lot of people, it, it's, a it's, huge deal. it's too much to ask. And it's like, why doesn't it just work? It will be the thing that gets them to not get it and not play and yeah. not, not do it. So they, they kind of miss like a whole chunk of interested people and a potential like huge audience Yeah, I, because I, it's like, it's, you know, such like a, so many hoops that you're requiring. Right, and it's not even it. just changing the buttons in the N, like if they could move that at the from the system level to the N64 game app, yeah, that would be a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Because A, how many people know you can even do that? And then B, you really need to get dig deep into that system menu. Deep in the system again, menu. And again, we know about that. We know how to do that. A lot of people don't. Right. Yeah. And then, and then again, the online. You know, the unintuitive. Um, oh if my you're, gosh. You're going to put something. You know, if it's Nintendo Switch online, and you have really bad online interface, that says something about yeah. the, the way that you're looking at this, this whole thing. Right. You know. So it's just like it's just like who's the joke on of like. NSO is, is like one of your most critical services. This is this big, huge, huge game. Like you're yeah. always talking up the numbers. You're always wanting to get more subscribers. Like, are you serious about this or not? Because right. this proves that you're not serious. Exactly. And like they, they also have had so many like negative things about NSO already. Right. Like this is not going to help. They're them. numb to it. <laughs> <laughs> so to it. It's like whenever we used to put up like an NSO video, yeah. we knew that the, the it was gonna get bombed. Gonna yeah. get bombed. Yeah. And like at in early days, people seemed to care a little yeah, bit. But and then, then but towards the like, end, no one cared anymore. Yeah. Which is like, oh, just it's like, oh, they're just hating on it again. It's like, yeah. well, there's well, some there's, there's some, some reasons. Reasons why. Doing that. Yeah. But now they're it just seems like they're totally right. like checked out. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. So that the Xbox version has you know modern controls out of the gate, which work. You don't have to do any of that stuff, but it doesn't have online play. So there is no one like perfect version of this game, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah. So I think it's... what I'm gonna do is like, for single player, I'll play just play on, on Xbox, Xbox, and then you know, next time I'll play online, obviously I, I can only do that on Switch, so that's what yeah. that's gonna be. And then be we already for. remapped our buttons, so. Right, right, that's so, that's, so that's ready yeah. to go. Yeah, um, we figured it out after like hours. Yeah, even I mean, there's a bit, there's been a lot of debate of like, does this game still hold up? I think it does. It does. If you if does. you didn't play it in that era, maybe not. You might have a hard time. Yeah, it looks really bad, but like in in the yeah. best way. Like it just completely takes you back. Right. To right. those days. This is like one of the most iconic games of that era. Yeah. And I think everybody had like a lot of core memories of this game. Yeah. I mean, even the single player, like there's a lot to it and a lot of secrets and a lot of ways that you can approach it. And I've, I've been having a really fun time going yeah, through it again. Me too. I had never played the single player, so I might <sighs> like dig into that a little bit more on the Xbox version. Yeah. Um, I want to shoot the guy in the toilet. You still haven't done that? It's I the second level. I want to shoot the guy on the It's toilet. the second level. I played the first level, and I was bad at it, guys. Oh. Really bad. Um, but I played it on Switch. Maybe that's why. Oh, uh, okay. I'll play on Xbox. It's on Game Pass. Exactly. Free. Uh, speaking of free, wow, look at that segue. Our next game, <laughs> Hi-Fi Rush. Yeah. This was the big shadow, shadow drop. drop in the developer direct, which we'll talk about in the news. Have you been playing this? I downloaded it, but I have been you, so sucked into Fire Emblem this. that I haven't played it, but I'm very interested because it's like a rhythm game and I love that. So, so this is like a mashup of like a character action game, like a Bayonetta mm -hmm. meets a rhythm game Yeah. where your character 
it's kind of like in this futuristic city where people get these like cybernetic enhancements and this character was going to go get a cybernetic arm but there was a snafu uh-huh. and his like basically like his iPod they should have made it a zoom because it's a Microsoft oh. game. <laughs> it looks it looks like 90% like a zoom but they should have gone all the way and just oh, made it a zoom. Oh, they should have made it a zoom. Like Iron Man style, it gets like like pressed into his chest. Oh, okay. So he's constantly feeling the beat of this music. Oh, that's kind of interesting. And as you attack they want you to attack like on the on beat. Like Kate the is the Pyrol. Right. Uh, and there's, you know, normal attacks, heavy attacks. Other Like the the, the playing of, of the action stuff is pretty standard mm-hmm. where there's like certain combos that you can do. Um, the game like, you know, does a good job of teaching you about yeah. the rhythm stuff. Um, I've seen a lot of people saying like, oh, this could be like an early game of the year contender um, oh. people like really into this game. Cool um, art style. Very cool art style. Yeah. It's, it's this like super detailed cell shading. Yeah. So Very many people bright, say, colorful world. Looks like super just happy and, and like light. Yeah. Like if, yeah. if the Dreamcast existed today, this is what a game would look ah, like. Which, yeah, which I agree. That. Yeah. Um, we should say this is by um, Tango, who's part of Bethesda. They're based in Japan. Mm-hmm. They've been doing those like horror games, Evil Within. Oh yeah, this so is this like a is departure a, this for is a them. Big, big change yeah. for them. Yeah, that's yeah. sure good. Nice, nice of them to work on something else. Um, I like the game, but it did not grab me the way it grabbed some other people. Okay. I think the action, like the the mashup of the rhythm with the action, is is an interesting idea. I don't think it really like enhanced my enjoyment of the action. It's like mm. I'm just playing this kind of a different way. Okay. Um, and I found the game, like the structure of the game to be pretty, like, like yeah, this is this is what you do in a character action game. You have a fight, you explore a little bit, you have another bit fight, there's a boss. Um, okay, and it, so pretty straightforward. It, it looks great. Um, there's a cute cat. There's a cat, the characters are cool. Um, you can play as other characters too, not just the guy, right? Or is there other characters? There, there seem other, to be other characters. There are other characters. I don't know if you play as them. Oh, okay. You don't play as I got, them. I got past the first boss in a part where it's like, oh, you know, you can go to the shop and buy all this different stuff. But it was just like, it was kind of like more combos. Okay. So I was like, oh, there's nothing here that I feel like I'm missing that totally like adds more layers mm. to the game. Okay. So I was just like, oh, this is, I'm glad this exists, but yeah. I, it, it's not on my game of the year list or anything. One other thing I will say, the music... You know, it's important in a game like this. Well, yeah. Uh, it was not, like, stuck in my head afterwards. Not like not like a Rhythm Heaven style where it's like, oh, these songs are great. Like, I can't wait to play alongside these songs. It was just like, eh. Some of the songs are licensed. Like, there was, like, a Nine Inch Nails song in there. Okay. Um, everything has to be on the same BPM, which I think limits the music they can choose from. I it's like, see. bop, 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 bop. Okay, everything so- needs to be, like, at that tempo. So they're like limited by right, that. and they and they need to have they need to pick songs where that is super prominent, so that you can like actually do the action, have, internalize that, yeah, and do it. I like think a metronome that, kind I, of effect. I think that really limits the amount of music that they can pull from. Do they have any original music? Yeah, yeah, okay. they do. It didn't. It didn't. Go and they, they, you know, it's nice. They have like a streamer mode where you won't get claimed if you you switch over to their oh, music, nice. which That's is nice. nice. Yeah, um, That's actually thinking ahead a little bit. Yeah, but yeah, the the music. I was like. Oh, the, I don't know. I don't know. For a rhythm game, like, I... It kind of lives and breathes on that, doesn't it? It's important. Yeah. Yeah, and it wasn't grabbing me. So maybe maybe a bit of an alternative take on this game. I I certainly don't hate it, but um, 
It was it was not like super grabbing me. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. Pocky Jockey, anything new there? I've been playing. You've still it. been playing it He's every been day. Breeding more cybernetic horses. I've bred so many horses. They're all named after Chili Peppers. Oh. So I got a habanero, yeah, I got yeah. a Carolina Reaper, yeah. Serrano, Jalapeno, Ancho. Those are peppers, yeah. Those are pepper horses. Uh huh. It's so cute. Everyone All should right. play this game. Great. Uh, no new updates. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's move on to the news. And let's start with this developer direct, which I think we both checked out. Yeah. Um, so they, they uh, this is a new kind of, uh, a streaming format. online video yeah. event format mm -hmm. that Xbox was trying out. Um, as the name implies, the developers were very front and center. There were five games that they were highlighting. Minecraft Legends, Forza Motorsport, Hi-Fi Rush was in the middle as a big surprise, Elder Scrolls Online, and Redfall. What did you think? Um, yeah. I liked that the developers were front and center. Um, that's one thing that we have said we missed you know at nintendo is like we don't really see or hear from the developers um that much anymore yeah especially the ones that are not like miyamoto aonuma yeah like the big sort of the big three or four like some of those developers that are really deep in the trenches uh with with their game you don't hear from so it's cool to see it like very much the focus of this um a lot of Let's go to an office that looks the same. It was way Let's too much to like foot, slow, slow-mo footage of somebody walking through an office yeah, or like over like the shoulder it. of somebody like making a 3D model or yeah, something. Yeah, I get it. You're on the computer, you're doing yeah. an email, you're right making right, you're in right. the conference room, it's glass, blah, blah, blah. It's like, hey HR department, what you know recruiting B-roll can we put Do into you this? Have yeah. For this? Yeah. I, I would like it to be a little bit more. I think that if they want to have it feel like it's coming from the director, or I'm sorry, the um developer like just make it feel a little bit more authentic yeah. and less like produce like 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 you're saying like stock right stock corporate stock footage yeah yeah um not that many like groundbreaking announcements really like there's a couple of of things that they had in there i mean obviously the shadow drop is cool that's what the nintendo does in those indie directs a lot mm -hmm. like some sort of shadow drop um but sort of no not like a Nintendo Direct right. level of announcements and news, I would say. A, a question I had for the future is, obviously this is good for having developers talk about their game, but the thing that's good and different about a Nintendo Direct is it can really work with anything. Right. So it's like, hey, we got these new Mario Legos. Let me tell you about that briefly. Like yeah. You can put that in. It's like, will Xbox ever do deviate from that? To this, and if so, who's doing that? Yeah. How do they how do they pull that off? Or maybe they're just like, yeah, that's not what this is for. We're sticking to this. Yeah, exactly. I I, I was wondering the same thing because it's like they've already limited themselves in in sort of the way that they worded this, yeah. and scope this. I guess they have the Microsoft Showcase, which they do around E three. Yeah. That could be the other thing. That's more like. But they only do like one of those a year. Exactly. So. Who knows? Yeah, who yeah, knows if yeah. they're going to broaden this or keep it focused. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, even so, I don't think it was like a significant amount of news. I, I agree. Yeah. Uh, I, thought, I thought the format was okay. I, I think they have a lot that they can, you know, learn from for the future. Like, yeah. I think the pacing was a little bit slow. Mm -hmm. The amount of detail that they're talking about per game was, was maybe 
a little too much. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, I, it's, it's hard for me to criticize the developers because they're not, you know, all natural spokespeople, but yeah. some of them, it was like a little, the delivery was just like, I'm clearly reading this a teleprompter. I'm frightenedly reading a teleprompter. Yeah. Yeah. For um, sure. so, you know, I think that was a promising start. I thought the inclusion of high fry of hi-fi rush was much needed. Yeah. I think the reception to this would have been a lot lower if they didn't have that game to kind right. of give it a shot in the arm yeah. of excitement. The and way that they placed it in the middle of the thing too was good. Yeah. That was a yeah. good like change of pace and a, a fun surprise. And that was probably one of the better deliveries as well. Like it was a nice, yeah. like, con yeah. more conversational between like right. the that two was, people. That was fun, and, yeah. Yeah, so that was, I think, if anything, that should be like the model. Yeah. They, yeah. they have it be more conversational versus right. being very scripted. Uh, we asked our Patreon subscribers in a poll um, what they thought of this. 11% uh, said, I watched and I loved it. 1% said, I watched it and don't think this is a good format. 19%, which is, this is where I put myself, I watched it and think the format is promising but needs work. Mm -hmm. And then 69% said, I didn't watch it. Yeah, so, I'm surprised at how high that is. There were a number of people who said, I didn't even know this happened. So, oh boy. Uh, you know, maybe just going a bit more broad for the future for Xbox to make sure people know about this. Yeah. Couldn't yeah. hurt. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised that, it, that people didn't know about it. Jay Rando said, it isn't perfect, perfect, but I do like this format and hope they continue with it. I think to improve it, they can shorten the length of time to talk about each game. Roughly, 40, roughly, roughly 45 oh, roughly. minutes is a long time for the amount of games shown. I like to hear from developers, but when it goes on a bit too long, the presentation can drag. I agree. Kai Wright said, honestly, when it's not Nintendo, I don't really get excited for these events. I'm happy to just read about what was announced and watch the trailers after the fact. Sony and Microsoft don't have that same magic. Nintendo does where I get a rush of adrenaline and wait eagerly at my computer for the show to begin. That's true. Mm -hmm. they, don't, they don't have that same just maniacal fan base waiting yeah anticipating predicting yeah and also i think there's just the unpredictableness of a direct yeah. is hard for them to capture because right. they do have very like anything can happen anything can happen but not anything can happen with sony and microsoft not yet yeah yeah and finally gartooth said i didn't know what to expect so i so i tuned out because i don't care about forza or redfall hi-fi rush did catch my eye when i read the headlines afterwards yeah yeah uh, there was some other Xbox news, uh, and I'll just read the quote here. Our teams are working hard and look forward to sharing even more of what is next for our fans when we return to Los Angeles for our yearly showcase this summer. And notably, they did not mention E3. Yeah. What do you think of this? Yeah, I think we were thinking about what, you know, E3 was going to look like this year, because there's a lot of... I think now the precedent and I think the, um, I guess the learning that people have that these other companies have is maybe they don't need the ESA to put on a show. Yeah. Because we've got the Jeff Keighley Summer Game Fest event that was last year that we went to that was very cool. Now it seems like other, you know, Microsoft, maybe even some other um, big companies are thinking about doing their own thing. So... Yeah, it, it, I'd be interested to see what that is. Maybe yeah. they do it alongside the timing just so that people are, that are already in L.A. can be to go to both or... Yeah, I, I was wondering why they needed to do this. So they're saying, you know, no other big announcements until June. Right. Um, which is kind of a long time. It's five months from now. Um, 
obviously E3 has not, I mean, they said there's going to be an E3. It's going to be different, but we don't know the full plan for that. Right. So maybe that's why they didn't mention E3. In the past, they have done this thing where they're basically in the vicinity of E3, but not officially part of E3. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I feel it's, like it's hard to make total sense of this. It's it, it is hard. I do think that they maybe want to have just a bit more control over the scale of it because E three is very expensive and yeah. it, it has like a a certain sort of caliber of what you need to do. So they can't. Microsoft can't afford E three. No, I think they absolutely can afford whatever they want, but they may not just want to. Might not be a return yeah. for them. Because, I mean, think about those E3 booths and what that means for any of the big three, you know? Yeah. yeah. Why, why would they not do a more, you know, something that else that they could have as much return on, but for a much less cost? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think either way, they wanted to make it very clear, like, this isn't all we got. There's more coming. But when it's a five-month wait, it's like, mm, Well, maybe. It's yeah, a long time. It's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was... Uh, a new version of a Mario movie commercial that I aired saw this. during yeah. the ill-fated uh, NFC championship game. Football. American Yikes. football, not proper football. Yikes. We have a global audience. Uh, that game didn't go well for yeah. me as a San Francisco 49ers fan. I'm Anyhow, a Fairweather fan, so... We saw Cat yeah. Mario. Cat Mario was there. I kind of... I, I, I saw this, too. I did, like, a double take. of like, was that new? I think that was new. That was new, yeah. So we saw Cat Mario in this scene with Donkey Kong. We also got to hear Seth Rogen speak as mm -hmm. Donkey Kong. Um, I thought both of these were cool. I thought it was very cool. Yeah. Cat Mario is very cute and furry. It's true. He looks like he's wearing a one... Like a like a costume. Yeah, it does. Like, he just put it on. Yeah, so it, right. it looked less like a, he transformed into a cat. Uh-huh. And more like he zipped himself into a... Mario, right. I'm sorry, a cat onesie. Right, right. Um, but regardless, very cute. Always fun to see, you know, the different, like there's so many different power-ups yeah. that they could jam into this movie pretty much. So it's kind of fun to see how they're going to approach that. It, it reinforces what we were talking about of like they're not putting, they're not leaving anything on the table with this game, this movie. Right. They're showing it all and they're cramming it all into this movie. Um I'd also been wondering, like, might they do a big Super Bowl ad, which is coming up in two weeks now? Yeah. I think this suggests that they will. Yeah, If yeah. this big kind of, like, mainstream sports event is a, tar a target that they want to pursue. So. Yeah. so this is, like, I maybe so. phase one of two. Of like, uh, another sort of... Yeah. Another look at something I mean, unique in the tra in the movie. From there, the movie is about two months out, so it's great to like. Okay, from here on, we're really ramping things up. And we're, we're gonna see Chard and Chuck and in we're the going, Super Bowl commercial, oh, right? Oh, that's a, oh, that's so genius! I, I think they should do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just do a, a char a all Charge and Chuck spot. Right, right. As they say, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I hope that they do. It's starting to get you know closer to that time and. Mario Fever is at, at an all-time high with the parks opening as well. So it's good timing yeah. to do all that stuff. Uh, our last news story is about Naughty Dog. Ah, I was sad is, to see this. Uh, loving it with this uh, Last of Us TV show. But they did say um, that they're probably done making Uncharted games. Um, I'll read the quotes from uh, Neil Druckmann, who's kind of the top guy there. For us, Uncharted was insanely successful. Uncharted 4 was one of our best-selling games, and we're able to put our final brushstroke on that story and say that we're done. We are moving on. Well, that's quite definitive. 
I'm so sad. I'm this sad. Is one I'm of sad my about this favorite too. Franchises. I was hopeful that there would be another chapter in this. I'm, I'm again. I'm not the biggest Last of Us fan, so I was hoping that they would have something like lighthearted, like Uncharted. You know, it, it is like total contrast. Yeah. Where like Last of Us is so bleak and dark, and, and this is like and this hilarious, is, like, lighthearted and funny, and still like action packed, a little bit campy, right? Which I really loved. Um, I'm so disappointed. I don't think. We've seen the last Uncharted game because that's very popular and they just put out a big movie. That's true. Uh, that did... Terribly. I, I think it did well, actually. Did it really? I think it was a bad movie that made oh, wait. a lot of money. Was it? It had Marky Mark and Spider-Man in it. Tom that's Holland. That's right. But then they had to like um, change the actors because it took him so long to make it that he got old and had to play that other guy. Right. He's Which Sully. Is, maybe we should um, do a watch along to that movie. Um, I'm open to anything. That's fun. <laughs> that could be fun. I kind of... So I, I'm bummed about this because I enjoyed those games. At the same point, like, I played all of those. And by the time I got to Uncharted 4, I was like, I feel like they're kind of run, gone full circle with this. Mm. Where I don't know what else they could do. I guess so. So maybe this is just smart, like, franchise management of, like, let's just let this cool off for a couple years. Sure. And maybe a new team with a fresh set of eyes and ideas can pick yeah. it up. Yeah, they got to do that God of War thing to it where they yeah. totally reset the characters in the franchise. Right. Like, it could be, it doesn't have to be Nate, uh, Nathan Drake. It could well, be somebody else. You like uh, Nathan Drake. I like him. Yeah. Chloe. Uh, I mean, Chloe. I mean, they did that in, in the DLC. Yeah. And they've also done young Nathan Drake, too. That's true, young Nathan Drake. Because so he's like, Sully. Oh, yeah. Young Sully. Young Sully. That could be cool. Old yeah. Sully. Well, he is already old. Really old Sully. Tommy Bahama. Tommy wearing Bahama wearing. Sully. Cigar chomping. Yeah. Plane flying. Young, young Sully. I think there's young something there. Young Sully. Yeah. Anyways, I like that. There's a cast of characters. There's a lot they can do. Do something, I please. love this franchise. Yes. I hope that it's not the end for, um, for uh, Uncharted because I think this right. is great. Yeah. This, and, this last of a show briefly. Oh my God, the, yes. Last night. The, it's like, oh, I, I'm, I'm a blubbering mess. That yeah, was the best that was the, the, best episode of TV I've ever seen. It's like, cool, I'm not going to be watching that. Like literally, I last night I saw probably like 40 to 50 people tweeting yeah. the crying right. eyes emoji. I'm like, you guys, this is how you want to spend your sun Sunday night crying? Right. No. Sobbing in a shame spiral. No, thank you. Wouldn't, can't be me. I watched the British sensation reality show Love Island while I played Fire oh, perfect. Emblem, and I was on top of the world. Wonderful, yeah. Top of the world. I was not crying. Felt great. Yeah. No. Can't do it. I'm sorry. All right. Uh, questions from Patreon. Each and every question we get every week is from Patreon. Uh, our first question is from Tyler Geis. Oh, I've been holding on this one for a few weeks. This is oh. good. Hey, y'all. I came across this promo from NOA's Twitter account during the Wii U era that contended, if you like Splatoon, you'll love Paper Mario Color Splash. Some of the statements in this promo are so oddly phrased and sound so desperate that I had to make sure this was actually an official tweet by <laughs> NOA and not a joke. They used the fact that one of them even has color in its name or there's a talking paint can character as key selling points. Can either of you share any background or insight on this? Was it common to compare two different games like this to promote one that maybe was underperforming? Uh, infographic to save the day once yeah. more. They love a good infographic. That is always the go-to marketing thing to save something. Yeah. This smells like a Nintendo 
um, they have these campaigns that they do where it's like, how do we target a certain audience? Yeah. So we, we we always joke around. Like one of them was like, mom, dads, kids, <laughs> mommy, daddy, mommy, baby, daddy, baby, brother, brother sister. sister. Yeah. There was literally a campaign for that. There's also there was also a campaign that was like, um, dads and grads. Yeah. That was bad. Um, that was they, in June because it's Father's Day and graduation. And graduation, yeah. exactly. So they have these like seasonal sort of like audience-based campaigns. And this marketing smells like that. And it's like somebody was like, I have a great idea. Yeah. Like this is a game that's really popular with this audience, probably like a kid's kind of teen audience or something like that. Like, how can we get that audience to be interested in it? What are they going to play next after they're done with Splatoon? That, that, was, that, always was, like a, their that was always thing. a big question of like, favorite when thing. you have a hit game, it's like, how can we move them on to, to a, the, next, to the game. next game? Yeah. And so, like, these are really bad Cheesy. suggestions as yeah. far as like connecting the two games, but yeah. I think that was the rationale. That was the campaign. This was like, absolutely like a boys teen campaign. Yeah. And the idea was, they're done with Splatoon now. It's been out for a couple months. They're going to be looking for their next game to play. What can we put them on? And Color Splash is their choice. But I think it's badly done. Honestly, you know, at Nintendo, you're always doing so many campaigns. Mm -hmm. I think people get creatively tapped out. Oh, totally. So you end up with something like this. It's like, I got no ideas. I don't have any time because I'm working on 18 other campaigns. Right. Here's the what you get. The campaign treadmill, as we called right. it. And you get really burnt out, and then you get a really bad piece of Yeah, marketing. creative, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. There the you dads go. and grads, though. Also, tax day is coming up. Oh, Nintendo loves tax day. Tax I'll tell day. you a story about that later. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the marketing campaign. Uh, Brook Obscure is next. Which, which established Nintendo series do you think would work well in the context of a brand new coin-operated arcade game? Oh. I went immediately to F-Zero. Oh, yeah. Because they're already... They're already are Mario Kart arcade games. Mm -hmm. My first reaction to this was nothing because arcades are dead. Uh -huh. But then I do I do remember there yeah. is a Mario Kart in some cases like like a David Busters or Yeah. stuff like that. I guess there are some arcades still out there. I think Splatoon would be fun. Oh. But like a um multiplayer oh, that's fun. four player like you get four guns. Yeah. Oh, like with an actual gun? Yeah. Oh. And then you like just go through like you know, it's like sort of like the world, but not you're not going online, yeah. obviously. You're just doing it with your friends in the arcade. Right. So do you think that'd be fun? And you can actually like idea. have like a splatoon, like splat whatever, the splat gun or yeah. whatever it's called. That'd be fun. You should do that. This made me think like what if what if Nintendo just started selling off some of these old IPs. Mm. Just like put it, it's like, it's a, auction it, it off. Guess what? It's available. If you want to buy F Zero, it's available. Make it, give us a proposal and make give an offer. Give us an offer, yeah. Give us your 10 year plan for F Zero because we sure don't have one. Right. We don't and, have time to think yeah. about it. And it could be interesting, right? Because I mean, I think a lot of like studios would bite. There's so many IPs and a lot of them they're never going to get back to. Right. But it means something to somebody. And there are probably a lot of teams who would love to have the opportunity to just like have a, time, a little bit of a leg up on like a legacy franchise. Yeah. I think it's a neat idea. They never do it. But They'll never do it. Yeah. Just like the coffee table at water. Or just loan it out. It's like I'm giving you a 10-year license to F-Zero. Yeah, make hey. like two games. Make right. three, ga three games. Right. Because clearly you don't have the time or the, yeah. or the energy to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. They have too much control issues to do that though. I know. So I know. Not, that's it, not going to happen. Games, it's a fun idea. 
Uh, Bruce Dash, hello, former Nintendo employees. I would <laughs> like to inquire about Nintendo's historical stance on region locking. When it came to handhelds, nearly every Nintendo handheld was region-free except for the Nintendo 3DS. Is there a reason why Nintendo decided to make the 3DS family of handhelds region-locked? When it came to the consoles, every Nintendo console was region-locked, and this was the case up until the Nintendo Switch where it's region-free. What ultimately led Nintendo to make the Switch be a region-free console? So region locking was mm. a major hot hot button fan, issue fan item in the 3DS generation. But to be honest, I never got the sense that and and I I never had like a conversation with anybody to confirm this, but the feeling I got was like I don't think Nintendo cared that much about region locking. I they think didn't. it was just like yeah, this is just something we've been doing. Yeah, it was sort of like a legacy thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I got that sense too. And we would always bring up like, hey, people hate this. Yeah. Why are we doing this? Like, I don't know. And then it was always end this. And then it was like, yeah, we're not gonna do this for for the Switch. So I mean we can talk about it, but it's like, yeah, we're problem just we're just not gonna do it. So it's I like problem solved. Yeah, so I just okay. think I just think like nobody was paying that much attention or yeah. put much effort or thought into it. It's just like, yeah, it's just just the thing. Which is kind of sad because I think people cared so much about this, but inside Nintendo yeah, it was, was like, almost like a non-issue. Yeah, right. And every time we'd bring it up as like, oh, this is like a, a huge area of negativity from yeah. fans, they'd be like, oh, I guess we've always done it this way. That was like the reaction right. we'd always get, right, right, which right, was right. very interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, next question. Okay, this is fun. This is this is a two-parter okay. with Bruce Dash and Race Car. Turning around the Q&A over to you, Kit and Krista, what were some burning questions about Nintendo or their games that you really wanted to know the answer to before joining Nintendo that you were able to get answered while working at Nintendo? And then the part two of that from Race Car is, to add, what are some burning questions you still don't have answers for? <laughs> um, burning questions for me when I joined Nintendo. I joined like in the height of the Wii U era. And it was like Wii U, or no, I'm sorry, not Wii U, Wii era. It was uh, Wii Mania when I joined. And I had the same questions that a lot, and I, I had lived through like trying to get a Wii and it was impossible, obviously. Um, so I had lived through uh, a lot of that. And then right a year after that, I joined Nintendo. And I was, I had so many questions when I first started about like, is the supply like the stock stuff. Oh, the fake. Is that real or fake? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I actually had a really weird job that we can go into another story time as well, where I was like fielding phone calls from people that needed a yeah. Wii um, and somehow would get put through to me. Um, but I was just like, I need to find out. I'm going to poke around this old office because part of my job when I first started there was like to help move the office from Redmond to uh, Redwood City. And I was in like those archives and in like those storage rooms yeah. a lot. And I was like, I'm gonna look around. I'm gonna poke. I'm gonna snoop to see if there's like, is there a room full of weeds? Yeah. Okay. Like that we just are keeping it under wraps. I did find some weeds though. So, All right. That was not a lot of weeds. I mean, not but, a ton of them. But there was definitely like a couple hundred. Okay. Yeah. So I was very curious about that whole like, are they really faking yeah, it to right, get right, the, right. the marketing? Like, juicing to, the demand. Juicing the yeah. demand because it was such a hot right. thing, right? And that is, that's always been the story about Nintendo of like, this is artificial scarcity, yada, yada. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some of it was, I think, I, I don't think that's true actually with Nintendo not, at all. <laughs> um, but there's certainly, I mean, there's Nintendo, inside Nintendo there's product yeah, um, yeah. that you're going to 
be able to get access to if you work there and you needed it for something. Right, you're right. going to be able to find it there. So I was like very much um, curious about how how much of that would be true or not. Yeah. Um, for me, I mean, I I was really just curious of like the people who make these games, like what makes them tick and what are they like, mm -hmm. and certainly got you know more than I could have wanted yeah. um, on that answer. And That's true. For the most part, they're really yeah. you know wonderful people and you know just normal really, people too. Yeah, right, right. Just With normal, normal people lives. Doing, it's like that thing in People Magazine, like celebrities are just like us. It's true. Developers, they're just like us. <laughs> uh, and for the most part, just such sweet people. Um, really, you know. The company really pounds into you to be humble, so these people are, are very humble. Yeah, that's true. Um, so that was my answer on that. As far as the thing I still don't have answers for, I always wanted to know and never had like an appropriate or good way to ask, like, how much does it cost to make these games? Yeah. Because you hear like, oh, well, you I'd know. I'd love to see like a spreadsheet on like. Yeah, like, how, oh, God like, of War Ragnarok cost over $100 million or mm -hmm. something. It's like, well. Like, how much does it cost to make Tears of the Kingdom? And what is the profit margin on yes. a game? Sold. Right. I don't think we ever would know that. Though. Yeah. Like, that was very cagey information. And it feels like if we ask, like, somebody can be like, mind your business, or yeah. you don't need to know, you don't, shut up. Yeah, go away. Go do your <laughs> yeah, job. right, right. Yeah, but I just, like, I'd love to just know, like, the number. Like, you know when you, when you watch those things, it's like, I make this, like, thing, I make this iPad for, like. The P&L. Yes. 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 I want to know. Show me the P&L. The P and the L. Yes. I know both. I want them both. Yeah, that'd be really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think the other thing that I would like to know is, and I got a glimpse of this, but I want to know, like, how deep does this go is, oh. how much stuff, like, historical stuff has actually gone, like, you know, like, have gotten lost. Thrown away? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. In the, in the... I don't want to know. In the office yeah. at Nintendo. Like, we've got a little glimpse of the cavalier attitude that Nintendo has towards its own historic... Um, tra like tracking its own history and archiving its own history, which terrifies me to my core. And I just, I feel like that issue is much deeper than I think. And well, I really want to know. <laughs> sometimes in the moment you don't know that this is going to be a historically valuable thing. But you kind of know, like these old Mario documents, maybe yeah. I should keep them. But again, maybe in the moment it's like, eh, we're done with the game. We're moving on. Who cares? It's like, hopefully they have a lot of this. But there is like a certain level of things beyond like what was obvious. Yeah, I guess they, so. Like, look at you. You're, you're a maniacal cleaner and organizer. That's why I want to know. Because I want to know. It's like, I could I... totally see you just like, oh, I just threw it away. We, I, it, was, it was bothering me. It was on my desk. It was bothering me. I threw it yeah, away. Yeah, see, I, I think that yeah. probably happened to a lot right. of people there. And I just want to know like, what, <sighs> where is it? And like, what did they do with it? And yeah, like, what is that? What's that scene like down there? Frulio has a... Pointed question. Have you ever cried at work in response to stress? Yes. If not, what kinds of things did you do to console your colleagues when they were oh, struggling? Oh, boy. Crying? A lot of people cried at Nintendo, honestly. It was actually, like, kind of bad. Mm. Like, I, I never worked anywhere else. Um, you know, my, my almost my entire sort of corporate career mm -hmm. was at Nintendo, but I'm not sure if like other companies had this many criers. Oh. Because people criers. Cried cry babies. Cry baby. <laughs> no shame in crying. Um, sometimes it's good to just like let it out. Don't hold it yeah. in. You know, it's not good. Obviously, the not an opportune time to cry at work when it's embarrassing. I have cried at work many times. It was not great. Um, I have gone into the bathroom and consoled that many That was the place to go, right? 
a lot of people go into yeah. the bathroom to cry. It was sad. Yeah, I mean, there's sometimes you just go in there and people be crying there, and you're just like, oh gosh, like what happened? And it's always something really terrible, like just some, you know, really, like you shouldn't be put through this to bring you to this place. You know, yeah. you're so stressed out. There's so much pressure. Um, there that leads people to be very insensitive, and and it causes people to like actually like you know get, get into that emotional state it's just sucky you know yeah. so yeah there was a lot of consoling people in the bathroom that i've done multiple times uh at nintendo um yeah i've, I've definitely cried in the office <laughs> it's not great it's very embarrassing uh, i did not and it's not like a macho thing it's like yeah cry you gotta cry but i think for me like <laughs> i i like drew the line of like this is not worth having that kind of response it's hard. over. It's yeah. Like, there, really there are real things in life that are worth crying over. But this is not one of them. Yeah. This job, and, like, we're selling video games. I know. Let's, let's... You tell yourself that. Get a reality check, And then people. you get into the situation, and you're like, you can't help it. Right. I mean, that doesn't mean that I wasn't ever, like, stressed out or worried or, yeah. like, you know, experiencing other types of yeah. emotions. But I, I always drew the line. I was like, That's I, good. I, That's a good attitude. I will not do That's, that. Steal your nerves, people. Because right. you're, you're absolutely right. It's not... Don't let a job control you so much to the point where it's having this kind of, like... Don't, don't give them right. the satisfaction to get this exactly. reaction. I, I got better, like, towards the end. Um, but yeah, like there was definitely like moments of stress and disappointment that absolutely like pushed me over the edge yeah. to, to cry at work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Paul Gale's next. Hey, Kit and Crystal, what do you think of Nintendo releasing two SKUs at the launch of their next console? Nintendo Switch 2 with a new dock for $400. Nintendo Switch 2 without a dock, but capable of functioning with the old docks and OLED docks for $300. This would be a nice way to see it to see to it that we are getting a significantly more powerful platform, but also not necessarily eating the entire cost if someone has an old dock. Perhaps the difference maker would be that if the Switch 2 outputs in 4K, that's a function that only new docks and OLED docks would be able to produce. Otherwise, solo Switch 2 docks could be made available on the side for $110 or more. Not $100, $110. Wow, some good math Paul there, Paul. this out. Nintendo doesn't want to confuse the mass consumer with too many options, but two sounds good. Thanks. Yeah, they have been known to do multiple SKUs in the past. Wii U. You know, Wii U. Went, Not a good went, example. Went great. Um, they also have been known to leave things out. Um, if you had a previous system, like remember the the power cord or something oh, like that yeah. was out on of the, the handheld, they stopped the, including the hand, it. They stopped including it. Right. So they do have tendencies like that. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I feel like this new system might be a like a major step up, and will require its own set of accessories. Um, so that might not work. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel like from just kind of, like, thinking about this, like, whole, like, we want to lengthen the hardware, you know, cycle. Like, when they come to the end of the Switch life cycle, I feel like it's going to be, like, the bitter, bitter, bitter end. And, like, that technology might just be, like, yeah, we're, we need to, like, significantly yeah. improve it in the next system because we've, like, literally reached the bitter end of this thing. So I kind of think it's... A little doubtful that there's going to be two skews. Yeah, I would not do this. It, it's just hard enough 
with a new console to get people on board with the proposition of one thing yeah. and to get them to understand it. Yeah. I was like, we've seen so, like the confusion, uh, the potential for confusion is ridiculously high. It's very high. high. Yeah. I was like, wait, what? Oh, uh, it's not this much? Or doesn't have this? Huh? Switch you. Huh? Switch you, but yeah. you can use your own old dock. And, That's going to be confusing for people. <laughs> like there are examples of like, so the Xbox Series X and S is... Uh, it's been going very well, but I think there's a reason is that the S has been much more plentiful in supply yeah. than the X. Right. So people only are, see one. It's like as an alternative, like, it's like, uh, I really can't get an X. Fine. I'll get an S. That's what we did. That's what we did. Yeah. Um, I think it's a much harder thing than, than maybe people think. The other thing is it's always nice to have something else you can roll out later. Versus yeah. like doing everything all at once. It's like, yeah, this is going to be a years long life cycle. Um, let's have something to do, you yeah. know, a year or two in if we need a, a yeah. shot in the arm. Exactly. Yeah, they can have another like lever to pull. Right. Or whatever. It's like I'm sure. I'm sure Nintendo could have maybe could have released like oh the Switch and the Switch Lite. Like oh, they're both available yeah. day one. But you don't have to do that. Yeah, they got they Save did it. they did sort of three beats for Switch. They got Switch. They got right. Switch Lite. They got OLED. Um, so they, they do kind of, again, in the spirit of extending the life cycle of things, like that's kind of like stuff you need to do to keep yeah. the interest up. Silvergrass Moon is next. Hi, Kit and Krista. Longtime listener, first time asker. Longtime first time. If the magnetic slash contact, contactless joystick technology really takes off, is there any precedent to suggest that Nintendo might license or otherwise incorporate it into future hardware? Thanks for, for producing such a fun and informative show. Looking forward to more of your success in 2023. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And thanks for asking. We did talk about this a little bit on that Nintendo Prime podcast yeah, that we talked yeah, about. Exactly. So this is the Hall Effect, I think it's called. Yeah. It's, it's using magnets. Magnets, but I think this is the what we we're talking about on the Nintendo Prime po podcast was around Joy-Con drift. Right. And the sticks. Right. And so, how you can use magnets to alleviate the components right, of the Right, because no, there's no pieces actually like, like rubbing grinding, against grinding each other. together. But you're talking about like magnetic in a different way here, it sounds no, like? No, this is the exact same thing. Oh, I thought, I thought you meant like magnets like sticking to the switch. Like the Joy-Con like magnetically connects oh, wow. to the switch. Uh, no. That would be cool. Uh, okay. Okay, sure. You don't have to have that little... That's true. Yeah. Many, throw as many magnets as you can get in there. Um, can you do it? Wait. There it was. Oh, that's good. That was the one. <laughs> um, so there seemed to be a, this seems to be a hot trend, obviously, because, you know, uh, technology, uh, controller companies are like, Hey, there's a, there's an issue here. People are scared of getting drift. Yeah. But it seems like, I don't know, I, I, I've yet to see anybody saying like, oh, this is like a perfect solve. This it sounds like solve, this also yeah. has some of its own issues. So so that needs to get sorted out. Yeah. We were talking about on the podcast, though, like Nintendo's in this weird place where if they were to do this, they would really need to do it like and not make a big fuss about it. Right. Because, because otherwise. Because acknowledge the drifting. Then you're basically saying, yeah, we had a problem, so we had to change it. Right. So. But they can easily. Because they can just say like, oh, the technology has improved. Right. Now we have this, you know, new technology. They could, I mean, they they love this kind of kitschy stuff too. I don't know if this is considered kitschy, but like we were talking in the same conversation about like um, HD Rumble and how that was trash. a very trash, but gimmicky Nintendo thing that they like to do. So if there is more like gimmicky yeah. things in hardware, they do like that. So I'm, I'm still it. looking for a phrase or like. 
to, it means a feature in hardware that is only used in a few games at launch and then completely forgotten. Yeah, what is that? What, what is do you call that? For that? What do you call that? We need a phrase for that. Yeah, exactly. Well, that yeah. happens with Nintendo stuff a lot. I know, right. So if they're going to do the magnets, it needs to not be that. You know, it needs to actually like work you know, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, it's not—it's not, it's not really a feature. I mean, it's just like pure functionality. Of like, yeah. does this thing work or not? So, we'll if they—if they can get it to work like a hundred percent of the time perfectly, yeah. then then yeah, then they should really yeah. take a close look at it. How much it, uh, more expensive it is? Yeah, good question. I think that also is going to be how a much huge is a factor. magnet? I don't know. Again, like this is the kind of things. Where, like, what is your PL? Like, show what, me the how PL. Much are you, how much? Show does, it to me. How much does it cost to make like a switch in the factory? Like, how much is it? Hundred dollars? Build your own and find out. Two hundred dollars? No, hundred dollars, right? Less than hundred dollars. Oh boy! Uh, switching it up, underscores next. Just wondering your thoughts on some of these special editions coming out recently. The price of these things are sometimes as expensive as a console itself, and even not including the game at times. Oh no! Whoa! I noticed here in Australia today, Capcom launched their special edition for six hundred dollars, which is about four hundred and fifteen U.S. It comes with a steel case, a digital soundtrack, a statue of Leon, a chest to keep all the stuff in, and some other bits and pieces. That does not sound like it's worth $400. No, it doesn't at all. I guess this is Resident Evil 4 if we're talking about Leon. Yeah, I guess so. Are companies getting away with these special editions because people are paying for them? And what are your personal thoughts on collector's editions for games? How did Nintendo organize and go about making special editions for their games? Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Yeah... I think the collector's market is easily exploited. Yeah. And you can see that beyond video games, like a sideshow, for example, they do those figures, sometimes they're upwards of thousands of dollars. Right. Um, but of course that quality is like unbelievable, so yeah. I can see why. Um, but I think if you are in the market to collect something, if you have that level of fandom, there's really not a ceiling to how much people are willing to pay. Mm -hmm. Companies know that, and they're going to use it to their advantage. Um, that, what you just described, does not sound like it's worth that money, but it's probably going to be worth that money to somebody. And it'll probably sell out. And it probably will sell out. They're really smart. I think Nintendo was also smart almost to a fault um, about like producing the right quantity so that they don't have extra yes. like leftovers. It would also infuriate people because they would never tell you have to get it if you wanted to pre-order yeah. it, which was not good. But um, yeah, the reason why it's limited is because they know that there's a core group of people that will pretty much be willing to pay whatever it costs and then they'll sell out and be done with it. So Yeah. yeah. You notice like the stuff that is often in the Nintendo collector's edition is like paper goods. Yeah. It's like art book, mm -hmm. like collect like postcards, which I would think are totally useless. Yeah. What do you have to do with that? And that's like, okay, we are getting the most profit margin possible out of this. Like, can you imagine printing a book at that scale? Right. Because it doesn't cost a lot to make. And we can up much. it by like, you're paying $30 more for this collector's edition in a nice box that has like a, like like a 50 book. page art book and yeah. some postcards. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm not a big collector's edition myself. I am not at all. Um, I do like a good steel case though. Okay. Uh, but but I, you don't buy physical games. Unless it's like a game that I really, like I like anniversary collections, like any anniversary games uh -huh. are kind of cool. I like that. 
But other than that, I'm I'm not a very physical yeah. I'm not person. I, I I typically just don't really want what is in those boxes. Yeah. Like statues, what are you gonna do with it? Yeah. Right. It's like, yeah. Yeah, I'll just exactly. get, the, get the basic one. Tuscoop has the last question. This is directed towards me. Kit and oh. Krista, is there any chance we could see Mayonnaise Week at 100K subscribers? Thank you for your time. The no. answer is absolutely not. Please never ask this again. Thank you. <laughs> uh, thank you for all the questions. Yeah, Wonderful thank you. Patreon people. Um, all right. Should we shout we out go. our yes. superstars? Let's shout them out. Okay. Aaron Hash. Ben Icorn. Maru Mayhem. Eigenverse. Jordan Colette. Kiss My Flapjack. Mike Chin. Mr. Rogers. Rain Tech. Roy Eschke. Switching It Up underscore. Safazon. The Shark Among Men. VGM Life. Link, the Hero of Winds. Angela Bycroft. And her pig Molly. Turbocharge Nerd. Thomas O'Rourke. And Simon Barrera. All right. Uh, one of club graduation service. Mm -hmm. Okay, Aaron Burgundy. Adam and Ansley. Ajan Malari. Ale Alejandro. Alexandra Pratt. Astro Dev. Blazed and enthused. This person reached out to me to say that you have confused his name many times. Really? It's blazed and enthused. Uh, I'm sorry. Book him, Dano. Brad SF56. Brookie Kazooie. Bruce Dash. Chancellor Fairley. Christopher Lay. Cozy Tar. Captain Cinnamon Buns. Captain Alex. C. Roper 17. Daniel Cold. Daniel Phillips. Daniel Valencia. Dachshund. Doo Doo Face. Douglas Chomix. Dino Punch. Elite Peach. Espars 50. Esperanto. Fart Priest 69. Furbound. Fernie and Jess Forever. Fox Deploy and his dog Bernard. Fred Rossi. Full Combro. Game Hunt 64. Gar. Garrett Hullfish. Gordon Sun. Ian Shea. Israel Izzy. Jay Randa. Jabroni Jones. JK99. JBJ. Jeff Yoakum. Jeffrey Hernandez. Jerry 92602. Jesse Hernandez. John Responte. Jonathan Rowe. Jordan Hemmerly. Jo uh, Joseph DeHaze. Joshua Clements. Juji Fruit. Julius Westenberg. Just Camtro. Kai Comercio. Kala2796. Kelpshake. Kevin Delane. Crisu. Christopia Party With Me. Kyle Gamer Barry Rookie. Kyle Kretzer. Kyle LaBeouf. Kyler Nelson. Linnell Stickman. Lego My Frago. Lemma. Leviahu. Lil Sebastian. Lit. Mad Dog5981. Marky Man64. Matthew Rawal. Mecha Dragon101. Megan. Michael Cravens. Michael White. Mikey. Monster Jordy. Motomania. Mr. Andy Palm. Murph. Mytran. Nazar. Nathan Burkhart. Panda Buns. Paul Gale Network. Piano Psychopath. Prime Factor. Prince Charmless. Quinn Hardigan. Raver. Ray Charon. Ryuji Utsuho Oku. Renee Rivers. Reese Williams. Ryoth One. RJ Kern. Rob Osborne. Renana Rex. Rocks. Rayonetta. Sam Neeland. Sharif Jackson. Shinryu. Slowbro. Schmiggles. Shrews. Silly Ferret. Sparkling Salt. Spicy Munchkin. Starhole Productions. Steel Citrone. The Tales of Link. Tefu. Thomas Alvarez. Travis Torline. Troopage. Tugs Puppy Bear. Tuskoob. Tyler Geis. Video Game Stupid. Virtual Bot. Wicked Davey. Will Ernst. Will Johnson. Zudiver. Zalgaroth. And Zroid. Woohoo! We did it. Yeah, we did. All right. Um, thank you, thank you for supporting us, our wonderful Patreon subscribers. If you want to support us, we are at patreon.com slash Krista. If you're watching this on video, you can go ahead and subscribe to this here Kit and Krista channel. If you're listening on audio, 
you can leave a five-star rating and leave us a written review too. And follow us on our other social media channels. We are on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and of course, YouTube. All right. All right. That is it. We'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye.